Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoterra Nerd Podcast, Episode 99, in which I interview Amandeep Singh, also known as Swar Adi. But first, I'm very happy to introduce a new segment to the Esoterra Nerd Podcast called Indian Magic. With Piyu. So Nazar Lagna is the evil eye? Nazar Lagna is evil eye. I mean, so, Nazar means evil eye. And Lagna means you're uh, getting all these uh, negative vibes from people. Like evil eye. Isn't Nazar just seeing? Nazar is seeing. But Nazar is like seeing anything or anybody with negativity. Right. Okay. Yeah. So if you're if someone's jealous, they see you're happy and they yes. project negativity at you. And so the solution to that is on the full moon you burn seven red chilies and that's called And the solution of this is nazar utarna. Utarna means washing uh, washing away the or um, washing away all these negativities. Yeah. So uh, it's very common in India like we wait for full moon and uh, we do this small ritual of Nazar Utarna, mm-hmm. like washing away all this darkness, this mm. neg- negative energy. Uh, and it's a very small ritual. Like we take r- seven red chilies, dried red chilies, mm. okay? And this that person or, or that uh, girl or guy remember, is sta- has to stand uh, baref- barefoot mm-hmm. on ground and just he or she don't have to speak and just standing silently, not talking. And the person who is doing this ritual has to rotate these uh, <clears throat> seven red dried chilies clockwise mm-hmm. three times and three times anti-clockwise mm. uh, like around your especially around your face and then they burn it and if it will make too much so- sound and uh, then it means uh, you don't you don't have that negative energy in you like mm. it's it's clear I mean just you are you know worrying yeah there's nothing bad okay yeah but if uh, no um, fumes no smoke is coming and it's not burning you when whenever you will burn red chilies you'll cough now mm. fumes will come smoke will come but if no smoke will come just you burned it and it's like silently burning that means it's taking away all your negativity inside mm. it all, all these red chilies nice so, burn it you, you burn it and you uh, you have to keep it inside a pot or ins- uh, you have to keep it the ashes inside a cloth and you have to throw it um, in a very secret place without looking in that direction mm. like you have to face opposite and you have to throw that thing like this mm. and you don't have to look back yeah for some time you, you have to walk away from that place yeah Yes, and then uh, one more ritual people do, mm. like with um, lemon. Uh, they burn lemon. Mm-hmm. They uh, cut it like two halves, and they burn it, and uh, like uh, then they take that black ash, and they put it on your um, palms, both palms, on your both feet, and on your uh, Third temple. Eye. Mm. 
yes here yeah. here yes yeah. in between eyebrows yeah and uh, after doing this you have to throw that lemon secretly i mean nobody should be looking at it mm. at that particular time of um, uh, at, when you throw it yes and you have to throw it facing opposite direction you just have to throw it and you have to walk away from that place that's like so nazar utarna can be done by using three kind of things it's very common ritual like first one i told you by uh, using dry red chilies second one uh, lemon and mm-hmm. third one is like uh, you can use camphor mm-hmm. and you just burn it inside there small metal bowl and nothing is left just black residue so nothing left to throw so after burning it and while you're burn when while you are burning it you have to rotate the same way clockwise and anticlockwise three times and then you have to put that black residue black ash on both palms and on uh, third eye and both feet and on the bottom like, of the foot or no, the top top of the foot mm. and it's like that all the all these negativity and evil eye is gone nice very clear that and all these things are done on full moon day mm. people wait for full moon day you can uh, people do it any day also like if they are feeling like there there is too much negativity around yeah. if you are feeling so you can do this ritual uh, like um, after sunset mm. not before sunset but especially people wait for full moon to do this you might remember amandeep from episode 59 In that episode I was in California interviewing him through Skype. Today I sat down with him at his home in Faridabad, India, and we were able to speak face to face. Today we'll be discussing Sikhism, Tantra, Krishna, Osho, Luciferians, Satanism, Thelema, Golden Dawn, Nagas, cryptohumans, lizard people, the Agori and many other things. And so, without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Greetings, Fred, or welcome to the Esoteric Nerd podcast. Hi, hello. Hey, welcome Edwards. back. <laughs> yes, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing fine as well. So, Here we are in your home. Yeah, exactly. Here in Faridabad. Yeah, in Faridabad, NCR near Delhi, in Haryana district. And uh, as we were talking about your journey, it mm-hmm. was it was quite long. And uh, you <laughs> went to uh, South Africa, mm-hmm. and you have been to Kathmandu, mm-hmm. and you have been to different Buddhist places, Gompas, and uh, now mm-hmm. here you are in. NCR. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry but uh, this place cheese. is uh, th- Oh no, I love it. It's this good. place is a little uh, it's called gas chamber mm. by by our, you know, our politicians and our scientists as well because <laughs> uh, since 2-3 months here people have been little uh, sick with their sinus problems oh. just because of pollution and stuff like that. I see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're trying to do yoga and we're trying to create some kind of spirituality and uh, whatever uh, whomsoever wants to join us in this polluted environment to freshen up a little bit and uh, yeah. <laughs> get a good health. Oh. oh, and there goes the electricity, but we oh. still got batteries. Okay. Mm, thank you for the tea. We got tea and cookies here. Yep. Oh, 
the electricity going on and off. It's good. Welcome to India. Welcome to India. So just to go over the stuff we were already talking about before we started recording, um, you were telling me about Mandali. Yeah, uh, there are beautiful places here which uh, people can go for trekking and hiking and uh, see ancient Indian uh, native Himalayan culture where people used to go for uh, meditation and uh, different kind of Tantra Siddhis. Mm. And um, uh, as I do not believe too much in, uh, you know, there are a lot of groups mm. which are created in uh, cities. So they are doing certain stuff. It is good, but the actual purity you will find in you know, ancient and native places, um, right. rural places. So uh, even uh, those people believe that there are certain people, not just groups. Groups know a lot, but there are, you know, few people who are actually like sages. Mm. And you got to find those people. Yeah. And if you find one, then, uh, you know, he'll give you certain tips and a uh, lot of ancient things that he's got in his kitty. Nice. Nice. So Manali is a beautiful place and Bhuntar is a beautiful place. The journey starts from Delhi and then first comes uh, uh, Chandi Mani. Chandigarh. Mm. The Chandigarh from Chandigarh, the, uh, you know, you start climbing uphill to Shimla and then you know, different places comes. Then comes Mandi, and from Mandi you go to Bhuntar and then comes Manali. Mm. So there are a lot of trekking places. Uh, which you can start from Mandi itself. So there are places like Rawals or Gurdwara. So mm. it's it's a Sikh native place uh, where uh, Lord Guru Gobind Singh, he was a warrior saint in our culture. Mm -hmm. He went there and he gave blessing to certain, uh, maybe uh, I don't know the complete story, but it is said that there are, I've seen myself that stones are uh, floating on water. So this is a kind of blessing that he gave and um, um, there's a lot of energy which you'll feel there's a very ancient gompa as well there mm. in Ravalsar and uh, after uh, that after watching that gompa you can track a little bit and you can search for a place called Durgapur mm. and that is the place where uh, you'll find certain um, uh, Buddhist people or Tibetan people that you would not be able to talk to in their language mm. and in their sign language if you can make them understand you'll find certain caves where people are doing their chants and worship mm. and only few people know their timings when they come when they go where they go and uh, I was small at that age and there was uh, a young lady from UK I believe and uh, that you know, that bold Gumpa lady uh, from Tibet, she mm. was not uh, understanding us, we were not understanding them, but she, with her sign language, told us that there's uh, a lady who comes here and uh, practices her ancient chants and stuff like that. So we visited that cave, we didn't disturb her, and we, you know, did our chants over there in our mind, and uh, we said our prayers, and then we came back. We clicked wow. certain pictures there. So uh, it is my wish that I want to go back there mm. and do some trekking and then uh, go to that place called Durgapur where yeah. I can find certain ancient history and people like that. In Ravalsar, uh, uh, in Mandi, 
first is Ravalsa Gurdwara mm-hmm. and Gompa that you can see Durgapur is another place and then you can go to a place called Kamrunag Kamrunag is a place it, it it's it belongs to uh, the ancient history of uh, Mahabharata mm-hmm. there was an ancient warrior called uh, Babrunag or Kamrunag as they say uh, he worshipped there and the Lord Krishna I believe gave him certain kind of powers or blessings he was not allowed to fight in Mahabharata because mm. uh, uh, Lord Krishna knew that if he fought then definitely he is a fierce warrior then Pandavas are gonna lose this war mm. so he gave him blessing and uh, you know he gave him certain uh, a place a specific place where people in coming in coming uh, future they are gonna worship you mm. and he sat there he did worship but he forgot about the war mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little trick by Lord Krishna <laughs> he was tricky <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also uh, there's a river Kamrunag river mm. and it is said that uh, women come there for blessing for children people come there for blessing of uh, their growing career wealth and stuff like that and since ages people have been throwing their gold chains and their rings so there is uh, you know a wealth of millions inside that river wow. but nobody touches that because there are a lot of snakes oh, naga in those wow. river <laughs> so you can have Oh, thank you. Little cookies. I learned about the Naga house, the uh, the little house for the snakes that uh, in Bhutan they were building them. I think they have them elsewhere too. Like there'll be a, a small structure in the backyard for the snakes and it's sacred. And uh, a friend of mine, um, when he was young, when he was four years old, he peed on one. <laughs> and uh, then he got really sick. And they had to have a holy man come and, and bless him and kind of do an exorcism and, and appease the, the snakes and you know, make them stop cursing him. It's very interesting. So, uh, you know, uh, nowadays there are theories coming, uh, conspiracy theories mm. about reptilians. Oh, yeah. Or metahumans or, uh, you know, crypto humans, mm. the people who change forms or stuff like that. So Naga, here in India, it is said that uh, a snake, there are a form of snake, there are a lot of forms of snake, cobra is different, uh, black mamba is different, there are a lot of uh, species in snake, but there is a kind of snake uh, which lives in depth inside earth, mm. which can change forms, mm. and that is crypto-human. And, uh, they are hypnotical in nature they have certain energy certain powers but they generally do not harm humans mm. but it is said if you uh, enter and challenge them in their territory without any reason like that boy unknowingly peed right <laughs> <laughs> so they can curse people and uh, you know it can go for generations wow it is said here and uh, also as it has been a popular belief in many many places that Naga have been a uh, protector of lot of ancient treasures mm. 
an ancient uh, uh, as you can see there have been a lot of treasures in um, found in Egypt itself in Africa mm. and uh, they have symbols of naga there mm. might be they found certain uh, real creatures over there as well yeah and uh, in the same way in india there are symbols of naga and uh, it was said that even krishna lord krishna was trying to get one money it was it is called a money i don't know whether it's a kind of tissue here mm. in certain form of naga which is required for certain ritual or either it is a kind of diamond i believe it's a kind of tissue mm. which might look like some kind of sparkling thing hmm. and uh, there are many things which are used animal things which are used nails and stuff like that which are used in tantra rituals mm. in some ancient stories it is also said that krishna was killed by naga trying to attain that oh wow one thing mm. i've seen for his ritual i've seen him depicted uh, atop seven like a seven-headed cobra yeah yeah so it was uh, it is it is a popular story there that uh, mathura vrindavan that town was threatened by an ancient creature at that at that early time mm. and it was called uh, kaliya mm. and kaliya was a nag but that was a beastly snake and a snake with more than one heads it is a special name in india it is called sheshnag mm. the king of king of king of uh, you know all 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 the nagas mm. and um, it represents our kundalini as well but yeah uh, there might be some kind of ancient creatures like nowadays they talk about some conspiracy theories about jersey devil and uh, uh, certain theories about chupacabra mm. uh, you know and uh, might be in some ancient times there was an ancient naga a water animal some kind of water animal that used to live inside and it used to eat people and stuff like that mm. so lord krishna danced on his forehead <laughs> and uh, show him that uh, he's actually the lord of universe mm. and snubbed his devilish energies wow. back to the underground huh interesting and it is said that, that these ancient gods have locked many uh, ancient things inside the depth of uh, the core of this earth once the apocalypse comes then these beastly energies will come mm. you know these wow. beings would be uncontrolled and, yeah you know at that one time it if it happens if it is a reality then people would see that uh, it was not something super supernatural it was something which was hidden inside and there were some kind of beings like us with flesh and blood and stuff something like that wow there was just their way of telling their story yeah might be 
I thought it was interesting because in the um, in the Golden Dawn tradition, in the Vault of the Adepti, they've got underneath the floor, symbolically, they paint it on the floor, but it's symbolically underneath the floor of the vault. Stand, you know, the, the Adept stands on the rose showing dominion through Yeshua over yeah. these forces, but there's a seven-headed serpent underneath mm. the vault, Leviathan. Mm. And so when I saw Krishna dancing on the seven-headed serpent, that was what came to mind was... Uh, was that and from what you've told me the symbolism is very similar because uh, yeah. Krishna Krishna Christ Christ Krishna yeah. like uh, George Harrison pointed out when he was being accused of devil worship or something when he was started chanting Hare Krishna in Beatles songs he was saying it's the same as chanting Christ Christ you know it's it's there's no difference um, but yeah to show that dominion as the Lord of the universe yeah. hidden in human form yeah uh, to to subdue that monstrous energy and make it go back underground. That's exactly in alignment with the vault symbolism. It's very interesting. Exactly. And you see, I believe. Uh, have you seen a very interesting movie, Doctor Strange? Oh, yeah. He came to Kathmandu. I kind of had that. There were a few people that had that in mind. You know, when I when I came yeah. to Kathmandu, they yeah. said, "Oh, you're going to find the uh, <laughs> that special temple." Kamata. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there was a very interesting point made over there that the dark people, uh, the people who worshipped dark, mm. actually they were not into balance, like light is also there, dark is also there. Mm. So they are neutral. They were not neutral, they were worshipping dark. Mm. And uh, in that dominion, there was no time, it was beyond time. Mm. So uh, the similar kind of thing I have. Uh, read in Egyptian um, mythology that the first beings were the beings of chaos mm. and it was not uh, you know when the first being came you have seen set God set it is a dark God though it's a dark God but it's killing a serpent mm. oh and yeah yeah it's it's saving Lord Ra mm. or the Sun so it's balance of energies to fight with the dark, only the dark poison cuts the poison, mm. only dark is required. Interesting. So those were the first beings, the chaotic beings, which is called, uh, they don't even say their name, it is called Apep. Oh, right. Or Apophis. Ignorance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe ignorance or maybe I believe, what if, what if? Hmm from nu from nothingness as even in india it is said shiva in essence is nothingness mm. it's it's just dead it's nothingness from shiva suddenly something happens came's first energy shakti mm. in the same way from nu comes the you know from potential energy and from nothingness mm. suddenly something comes out mm. It's Amon. Okay. It's hidden energy. Mm. Again from Shiva, which is nothingness, comes a moving energy, which is Shakti, which is Lady Goddess, mm. and which is always with Shiva. Yeah. So Shiva and Shakti, all this is dance of Shiva and Shakti. Mm. From the Shiva and Shakti, they then manifested into bodily form. Something happens. They created something out of themselves, or cosmos just created certain beings. Before them, it is said, there were, <clears throat> when Brahma was creating or Shiva was creating in meditation, 
they created everything like this or like this in meditation by just thinking the universe is creating you know in the same way when we close our eyes we see a hell lot of things yeah maybe a uh, lot of dark aspects many times and a lot of times we feel blissful as well mm. and it is not always blissful so uh, meditation uh, as said by lord uh, osho mm. it is said it's a work of a little uh, rebellion and those people who are not afraid to be destroyed completely mm. it is required you know yeah this self destroys yeah. and then you see start seeing the reality and mm. it's a very slow process and painful process mm. so that's how it is yeah. so in the same way from shiva moving energy shakti gets created shakti literally means power energy mm. and maybe they came into bodily form or certain beings got created even in our uh, uh, books it is said that there were beings out of reach of all the gods and all you know heavenly beings they were not able to you know control all those beings those were the beings the first beings which came out like you know a black hole it sucks everything inside Hmm. but there is a ray which gamma ray, gamma, gamma ray <laughs> yeah. which shoots up upwards and downwards as well yeah. so kind of by product hmm. universe gets created but universe doesn't have any desire hmm. first of all will gets created and will doesn't have any path so will can either move light ways positive ways or the dark ways hmm. so might be the will got both ways mm. and it Matter created any matter <laughs> yeah it created both of things yeah and uh, beings of chaos they were uh, out of reach of uh, you know the heavenly bodies and heavenly gods and stuff like that they were not able to create uh, control them mm. so lord shiva and along with vishnu they fought for thousands of years with these demons and they managed to send them into another realm mm. which is their particular realm and the beings which are beyond time same concept there are certain beings like dormomo which is shown in uh, the dark realm of dr strange mm. that uh, dormomo controls the dark power and dormomo is beyond time and in our realm we are mortals we have lives will we were children we are now young will become old and will die hmm. so there's a cycle so in those beings like tiamat there's a goddess tiamat in um, sumerian culture and enki is there hmm. so before that marduk or tiamat and stuff like that uh, they were shown as dragons kind of heavenly serpents hmm. which were not under control and only our lower self that means set is able to fight with them mm. otherwise if you do not have any desire then people will you know dark energy comes and start punching your nose and you are sitting in meditation do you you don't even bother yeah because you are peaceful yeah. but you know in in material life even gods fought mm. so they had to uh, maintain a kind of balance so the satian energy rises up and then the darkness poison cuts the poison with mm. poison 
you have to cut the poison this is you know vicious cycle necessary evil something yeah. like that yeah how interesting i remember there was a point where shiva uh drank up all the poison and that was how his skin turned blue something like that yeah yeah and also there are theories that uh, uh not just his skin his throat turned blue so mm-hmm. he's called, called neelkanth and uh, behind their dark skin it is uh you can say a spiritual belief or mythology in the same way the goddess of sky in egypt nuit mm. it's shown as blue so mm. these are heavenly things these are heavenly things and their body stone is little darker it is said their body stone was little darker mm. and uh, because everything comes eternally from dark mm. at last everything comes from nothingness from dark from yeah. hidden so that is a belief behind that yeah it might not be literal but it is just a belief how interesting nice <laughs> my friend pew was telling me yesterday um about how when uh, when someone says i desire to see god that the thing that's stopping them is desire is 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 i as separate from god yeah, first yeah. of all and the desire that yeah putting it there as something that they don't have and then you know and that even the buddha was desiring this state of enlightenment and it wasn't until he finally gave up and collapsed and said oh you know is there's nothing that finally he woke up and yeah, that, yeah. that was that was the enlightenment you know i just wanted to ask a question yeah. you have met a lot of people now mm-hmm. you must have met a lot of luciferians and satanists uh, i've met a couple um not not too i haven't gone too deep with uh, any it's like self-proclaimed satanists hmm. um they they work with light and dark in uh, the gnostic church in south africa yeah um but yeah i i haven't met anyone who says i am a satanist or i am a luciferian um i've met a few online maybe and i think i might have interviewed one <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah i i'm interested when you, when you're posting about luciferian um cuz i don't know a lot about it i I I know kind of the the standard what you hear among Christians and and people that yeah, yeah. Lucifer was an angel who uh became arrogant and thought he could rise up, you know, above God and as a result he transformed into Satan and was cast out of heaven yeah. and lives in hell, blah blah blah. But it seems like when you're talking about Luciferian it's a little different. It's a, like a little bit off to the side of that. um how would you define luciferian i believe uh if you talk about indian mythology mm-hmm. if you talk about greek mythology mm-hmm. these ancient mythologies if we even talk about british witchcraft mm. irish culture scottish culture viking culture their theories are well defined mm. i mean there is no suspicion in anything you know they have their gods they have their duties they have their names and they have their stories mm. and they were like that they were folk <clears throat> the first songs and there is no confusion in that in even in, in indian mythology even in british witchcraft or you know african culture 
बट आई हैव सीन दिस सेटनिक एजेंडा very 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 confusing yeah there's several there's like more than one there's atheist satanists there's religious satanists there's people that go out and invoke satan and then there's people yeah. that just use the name to scare christians <laughs> so it's like <laughs> yeah. there's four or five different different kinds of satanists it seems yeah so you know i have been documenting certain things in my book in my uh, you know online documents that i save all my experiences that i have felt in meditation mm. all my experiences that i have felt in rituals and i <clears throat> without any hesitation delete and discard which is unreal mm. i do not think that anybody has got very few people few people would have been able to do that i feel that there would have been certain cults that who knew <clears throat> necromenian the actual necromenian mm. or uh, to invoke nosferatu mm. the nocturnal creatures or you know the vampirism or stuff like that yeah they might have been devilish cults <clears throat> if i translate that in indian shiva is called king of ghosts mm. why because he is light and he is dark he controls all the ghostly and goblins and every every you know all the, he's the king of all ghosts mm. and there's one form <clears throat> one form of shiva which is called pretraj pretraj literally means preet means nosferatu itself mm. preet is pishach mine uh, that means pishach means who is vampire <clears throat> and can feed on energies mm. of others and in one form shiva is called nataraj which means he is god of dance mm. in one form he is called agora <clears throat> mm, the agori in that form he has done wrestling he has done you know wildest of rituals of agora sect mm. so in one form shiva himself is king of ghosts so if you talk about that kind of uh, devil worship that comes in indian practice too mm. but it is not forbidden right it is said that you need to have some <clears throat> master and good knowledge in order to master those things mm. because those are the beings of chaos mm. and if they overpower you might be a case that people get mentally disturbed or some kind of you know problem starts occurring yeah. so you don't want that yeah I don't believe that <clears throat> someday if I woke up in the morning and start doing devilish rituals <laughs> then suddenly the devil will obey my orders <laughs> and he will come and see me and say hi right <clears throat> I I feel that I have felt subtle currents of energies I have felt the chi mm. I have felt in my dreams recurring dreams and in the recurring dreams you can feel that these things are trying to contact you in astral realm i still do not uh, you know um, i don't say that i have seen things like these in real the spirit animals mm. but i have felt certain things like clues in reality mm. i have felt their energy that i have got a dream 
and certain thing has happened to me in office mm. live i have seen that so i have got certain guidance i have seen spirit animal in my dream i only see water creatures octopus and deep water whale mm. these kind of things or snake as well but i see the things going deep in the water yeah somewhere like this and even uh, sometimes i used to in childhood i used to wake up in the morning and uh, wake up in mid, uh, midnight and i i used to be doing like this like fish is trying to <clears throat> go deep inside mm. so i have felt this so no wrong claims if we want to attain real enlightenment real enlightenment and real thing i am very much interested in beings of chaos in the demonic rituals as well but i don't uh, i don't feel that any self claim uh, you know self claim satanist would be <clears throat> able to just invoke satan in them mm-hmm. and you know and get rich. <laughs> and get rich. Yeah. It's not it's not that easy. Come be a Satanist and get rich and famous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all conspiracy <laughs> theory and yeah. you know you have uh, felt yourself that it's a life it's a way of life. Lifelong process. Taoists, Buddhists have been doing their chi practices since since ages and you know even their aim is the same. Yeah. <clears throat> so why don't, don't they just stop? <laughs> because you know they are in the path at least the path is correct mm. you know that that is very good but i don't feel that uh, uh, they have been they must have been certain satanic or devilish cults mm. satan i think is a wrong name christian people <coughs> hebrew people right have given because it's their language yeah satan means enemy mm. so they might have given the devilish cultures or uh, the the tribes the canaanite tribes or you know any any tribes who have been worshiping these uh, they have given it a umbrella term mm. satan yeah so i believe it's an umbrella term mm. there might have been certain cults very ancient cults who have been doing real <clears throat> demonic practices and you got to find those mm. i don't feel that if somebody um you know anton sender levy his theory is beautiful otherwise mm. that he's not worshiping any real satan at least he is true in that mm. he is not uh, claiming satan to be a real deity right it's an umbrella term the same term has been used for lot of yeah other beings and a lot of christians will use it for everything hindu everything buddhist everything african just all goes under the same umbrella if it isn't jesus it's satan Yeah. Yeah. So some people have a very big Satan umbrella. <laughs> yeah. So I feel there might have been certain cultures who have been practicing especially in Gulf and in Africa. Mm. And in Sumeria. Sumeria is Iran, mm. modern day Iran or Iraq I believe. Yeah. Oh, the, the Mesopotamia between Mesopotamia. Yeah. 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 So they might have certain cultures which have been doing real practices but self proclaimed satanists and there are many cults like that yeah the very format of rituals if you see them in their culture <clears throat> golden dawn derivative <laughs> yeah yeah so 
the 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 rituals are okay <clears throat> they can be okay and with chants and with, with the the template of ritual <clears throat> the syntax of ritual mm-hmm. it's the same everywhere mm. so if they talk about uh, ritual part i'm okay with that if they talk about uh, we worship demonic beings but they don't give it christian names right then i <clears throat> start believing them mm. the names are actually different and we might not even know them the mm. beings of chaos and if we talk about enter center levy he is at least clear about the idea mm. that he is worshiping void he is worshiping self mm. there's no god mm. i'm okay with that theory in his 10 uh, 10 or 9 satanic principles he's mentioned that we got to honor the power of self and mm. witchcraft otherwise if you do not honor it the same energy will destroy you mm. i'm okay with that that's good <clears throat> but there are a lot of brotherhood of satan and stuff like that a lot of uh, satanic cults even i believe uh, you're from us mm-hmm. yeah we've got one that's kind of gaining popularity and they do a lot of protests and things like that that seem they seem good i mean uh, for example you know there was a, i don't know all the details but there was a state that was defending their right to have religious things in front of the courthouse they want to have the 10 commandments from the bible or something like that so they put a big statue of baphomet and said hey, it's our religious freedom you know so I, that seems playful you know i mean it seems uh, trickstery a little bit kind yeah. of kind of like okay you want that well then that means we have this right too you know yeah so nowadays i believe the real ancient <clears throat> demonic cults i believe in those but i haven't met even one mm. <clears throat> one of my brothers <clears throat> is into astrology he's in canada mm-hmm. uh, he's on uh, on google with the name of tantra psychic nath mm. and he's on the seat of uh, <clears throat> there's nine goddesses just like in shiva cult there are nine naths we mm. call them naths naths my means lords lords of the universe mm. and all of them had appearance like shiva or agora and stuff like that were there nine uh in the uh lord of the rings there were the nine uh yeah. oh, what were they called the the dark horsemen mm-hmm. that used to be human <laughs> i wonder if he got it from there <laughs> yeah so nine naths are there <clears throat> from their family many <clears throat> hundreds of nath kings mm. so there was one nath his he was child so his name was baba balaknath balak means child mm. child nath and he was very powerful <clears throat> his place is also in himachal <clears throat> his actual place mm. and uh, uh, they are said to be of shiva family they are said to be of same uh, they their culture is of little uh, ancestral worship they call ancestors mm-hmm. the uh, <clears throat> the concept is they make their body vessel and they invite all the energies inside mm. so they have certain siddhis siddhis means perfection mm. they have certain siddhis in hand that they can call 10 different beings inside self for different work and uh, they give them answers nath <clears throat> and he's uh, taken training from nath cult one of my brothers so he is on google with the name of tantra psychic nath so mm. he has done some chanting and some ritual actual tantra stuff mm. 
my work is uh, folk <coughs> indian stuff it's not actually tantra agogo mm. yeah my wife is getting restless that yeah. she wants to see pictures <laughs> <laughs> okay gogo karda send me now we have talked about satanic agenda mm-hmm. regarding his uh, anton sander levy his theory <coughs> i'm okay with but <coughs> many other cults are there <coughs> apart from anton sander levy mm-hmm. i don't believe seriously i don't believe that they are able to call the demonic energies mm. because i have seen in our culture even angelic energy if somebody claims that energy angelic energy comes into their body after that their body feels a little weaker mm. for two or three days mm. and what if the demonic energy the energy who is there itself to consume your energy right <laughs> <laughs> what if that energy comes yeah and why would a rebellion obey my orders yeah i'm still in process yeah of you know meditating yeah you know and it's not like that if i call satan and then satan comes and you know <laughs> lightning comes from the yeah, sky yeah. stuff like that yeah i don't believe that mm. regarding the luciferian agenda i met two groups and um, i'm added in their um, facebook group as well uh, there's a, a lady called aisha inanna <clears throat> and megas sagnas is one of the person mm. uh their luciferian agenda is very clear and i believe that mm. why it's lucifer first of all satan means enemy mm. it's a hebrew word mm. lucifer is greek or roman latin word how did it find its right? place in yeah this? yeah that's a good question <laughs> yeah That sounds like a Christian thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's a mixed Greek with Hebrew. So maybe uh the Roman kings there's an interesting concept that uh when bible and stuff like that was in in the times of slavery mm. or in Africa mm. when this thing was imposed by uh the imperialist parties over African people. Mm. if you are uh, a being of krishna then you once you are an, a being of krishna you start worshiping your lord mm. you choose your soul chooses your lord your ancestors then you are eternally his mm. yeah in the same way if the africans are worshiping orishas and papa legba their soul belongs to them eternally mm. even if somebody imposes them you know slashes them or whatever at the back end in their mind they would create something just like you know uh, an addict if you know we find an addict that there is a relapse of injections his mind will become so much tricky that he will know how to hide we would not even know about his relapse mm. the second time in the same way bible is being imposed on <clears throat> african culture but they have created certain way they have mixed the uh, bible saints and bible chants psalms with voodoo mm. they have fused 
Yeah. You know, they have done their fusion. They have yeah, done I've seen that in the Americans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, New Orleans voodoo. Right. And, you know. In Brazil and yeah. Haiti even. Yeah. So, in the same way, when Roman uh, kings, uh, you know, they had their, uh, you know, they had their meetings or whatever, you know, with, with the, uh, Jews and um, ancient Hebrews, maybe Bible was spreading. Mm. and even then the actual Greco-Roman gods people were still worshipping mm. maybe oh. then the names collide mm-hmm. and the cultures fuse right. at the back end people are still worshipping Greco-Roman gods right. and in which uh, in one line I believe whether it's in Bible or it's written in some different book that the uh, Yeshua itself is Lucifer. Mm. Lucifer means light bearer. Mm. So light bearer is here. This is a place of soul. Mm. Soul gives us light. Once you take away this from my body, my body is going to fall. It's dead. Because the soul is there. You know, it's gone. It's an energy. It's light. The light bearer, the fallen one. Who is the fallen one? Who came to this earth to populate it? Right. Soul itself. We. We are the fallen ones. Yeah. So their theory is beautiful and that's what I believe. Mm. That's what they think that uh, according to their theory, their studies, Greco-Roman people were still worshipping their original gods and uh, even Vatican have, uh, when you know, uh, the Knights Templar, mm. they went on their expeditions and uh, wars on different uh, tribes and stuff like that few people got awakened that is it a will of God to for us to do like this right. to kill people yeah no I don't think so yeah you know and then they started in in the looting and plundering of different cultures they found certain scriptures might be few people started studying it mm. and they found something very helpful this is very peaceful and these medicines and these rituals they're actually very powerful mm. those affirmations even in NLP neuro-linguistic programming nowadays mm-hmm. they're using the same old witchcraft affirmations and stuff like that mm. same kind of affirmations that as I will it it shall be done so right. this is a strong affirmation yeah you know it changes the persona completely. Yeah. They use that in NLP as well. So in NLP, they're using chaos magic itself. Mm. <laughs> huh. So their theory, I believe, Luciferians are real. And their motto, I believe, is to teach everyone that go back to thy own ancestors. Mm. And you will learn. It's as simple as that. Path may be long, may be difficult. But if the path is correct, then nobody can take away anything from us yeah I believe so that is why uh, I won't call myself Luciferian but yeah in my chance I use Num Ank Amun Amun Ra Atum Ra Patah Ra Hepra Ra Dua Ba Neb Jedet Awe Lucifer so I do pray like this mm. so it's a you know these chemetic words are very powerful Lucifer is light it's the fallen one 
in its manifested in, in its manifested form it's the fallen light mm. fallen one as a soul but in its unmanifested form it's the same void it's the same ever present energy it's the same source from which everything came mm. but at least they are not attaching any preconceived notions to that luciferian energy yeah that's what i like about them so i feel luciferians are still better than satanists mm. yeah so lucifer then would have been one of the first things to be put under the satan umbrella mm. when christianity was spreading into greece and say it was com- competition so that, you know someone comes along and says oh no i'm not into that i worship lucifer they say oh well you worship satan yeah and just kind of lump them together exactly exactly yeah, yeah. huh and also there were there are proofs in bible itself i believe there was uh, some king in babylon mm. or in mesopotamian region uh, about which i don't know what's the story but it's said about them why hath he fallen from the skies o lucifer mm. something like that he might have done some wrong deed he or might be he must, must have uh, you know drifted away from his path mm. for some time but he was a good king otherwise yeah and there were many 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 assyrian babylonian or other kings which in bible according to bible their bible is not uh, all rubbish mm. there there are most ancient clues i believe that you can find in bible mm. most ancient cults canaanites uh you know nephilims mm. Nephilims is a big clue. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Nephilims again point towards the Kemetic culture and uh, they have talked about uh, pre-Adamic races. So what were the pre-Adamic races? It's again the Sumerian story. They said that uh, they created uh, Enki came here. He formed his first temple. Temple of Snake or something like that. Mm. Enki was the ancient Capricorn, right? The, yeah. The goat with the He had one horn in Sumer and another yeah. horn in uh, I forget. Egypt or Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it it is said that uh, Enki created his first temple mm. and started teaching humans. But he was not human. He was uh, maybe our creator, maybe uh, creator of those races maybe. Mm. Because we cannot say anything uh, with complete surety that Enki is the, everything and he has created all mankind. Mm. Maybe he created those races. Maybe uh, all these people were from different areas and assigned different tasks on different sides of earth. Mm. But the stories are a little bit similar and somewhat different at some point. Mm. But the essence is is the same. Enki created a temple. He created human, but that human was feeling a little lonely. Then, from his rib, that means maybe his uh, DNA mm. from the rib, or some kind of uh, you know liquid that they take out mm. from that, they have created a woman mm. so that he can be pleased. they can form a family and enjoy themselves mm. yeah then the population started it still sounds a little believable mm. <laughs> that some kind of scientist came here 
and he tried to create some beings and might be we we are descended descendants of of the same hmm. as in india it is said that directly or indirectly indirectly we are descendants of the bloodline of shiva hmm. and since we our features are little sharp we are mix of i believe sumerian and aryan culture hmm. a lot of uh, people came here in the india steps. a lot of people came here a lot of different uh, meetings might have happened and races collide but we are aryan race i believe and it is said the pure indian race is uh, beyond maharashtra beyond mumbai hmm. their language even maharashtrian language that they speak is little bit of sanskrit hmm. and uh, uh, their color their features it's more indigenous hmm. and here uh, you see muslims if you shave their beard then they are just like uh, you know people from america hmm. they you know blue eyes or gray eyes you know and features are almost the same and if you mix their breeds then either becomes little bit asian or features like this you know hmm. little bit brown little bit white something like that hmm. so it might be a long story but <laughs> the essence of different stories i believe it's the same yeah uh the groups that i was talking about the luciferians their theory about greco roman stuff it even goes to the kemetic and sumerian part they also believe in tiamat and uh, they don't uh, categorize them as demonic beings but they say uh, we are the balance we got created from the same eternal source so just like in our culture we worship pretraj that means demonic form of shiva mm. as well kal bhairav kal bhairav is another form of shiva mm. which is more demonic and uh, the pure form for us people like us family people and who just want to meditate and do not want to get into all that wild <laughs> rituals and stuff like that yeah yeah that is shiva that mm. is rudra so their theories are almost the same that sumerians they don't even differentiate in dark and light they mm. say that these are also to be worshiped and these are also to be worshiped mm. so that is lucifer in theory mm. and they are promoting this that uh, you should go back to thy own culture mm. listen to the calling of thy own ancestors and they will not let you go astray interesting that that is a good theory yeah my friend k down in uh, africa gave me a book on uh, nordic a uh, very thorough thick book on nordic okay uh mythology and magic i have left certain groups i talk to certain people i talk to uh people of chaos magic as well mm. and i believe uh, in those groups those people were not that much tolerant and they start certain fights and you know blaming each other stuff like that yeah. so i uh, deleted those groups but <laughs> i found these luciferian people very intellectual people hmm. i mean they would like to go into depth in order to believe it and uh, they would believe the reality 
I mean, the historical part. Yeah. Even if it is mythology, then it has to be historic, and it has to have some proofs, and then you can believe it. Mm. No. And if even if the things working for you, even then it's good. You know. But it should not be based upon assumptions or you know. Then I'm going to do. this kind of sign and uh, like black candle and then satan is going to come right so. right yeah, <laughs> yeah oh yeah i remember what i was being reminded of i was uh at one point uh drawn to study and look into the akkadians uh a k a a d i n um akkadian i don't know okay they i guess uh kasumer was of course in mesopotamia pre babylon and they had city blocks they had a postal service they had all these things that are, we associate with a modern city okay and uh then the akkadians took over and for 140 years i think it was they there were akkadian kings and they turned sumer into an imperialist uh entity so sumer prior to that like they had their their skirmishes and their battles with their neighbors but the akkadians were the ones that said hey we've got the superior civilization we've got this army why don't we go conquer the neighbors over there conquer the neighbors over there enslave them make them pay us taxes take everything of value and bring them to you know sumer or what they would have i they probably called it something else at that time and uh and then the so there were a bunch of these kings and it seems like the earliest example of an imperialist entity in history um and then after 140 years they were overcome by these people that were living in the caucasus mountains um i believe and they had blonde hair i guess uh they were described that way and uh they would come in and disrupt things they would come to a marketplace and attack and and harass people and then before the army could get there they'd leave mm-hmm. and they'd go to a different part of the city and do it there and they just kept doing that until people started staying home the economy wasn't doing well and then there was a drought and mm-hmm. a, a big heat wave and i had this experience on psychedelics where i felt like either i was entering into the mind of the last akkadian king or maybe i was the last akkadian king mm-hmm. and and having the experience of um basically at that time one of the things that they were bringing in from all these neighboring kingdoms was their drugs <laughs> and so this king had access to all the best drugs that were around in in humanity back then from egypt from from far distant lands from persia and the uh i don't know if this is true or not but i mean the the experience i had was that he was so high that he didn't know what was going on and the drought was getting worse and the heat wave was getting worse and one day okay. one day he woke up one day he was calling for his servants and they wouldn't didn't come because they were gone and he was by himself and uh yeah so i mean that's it's interesting like I don't know why I brought that up. It just something something made me think of that like uh as far as some kind of evil presence or something entering in like they had or or even just the potential of civilization or the potential even of of a person who's done enough work that they have the CD, have certain CDs maybe. They have certain powers, they have certain wisdoms, they can read people's minds, they have these powers, but they don't have the wisdom to restrain themselves 
to uh, so they so they use it to manipulate others and they use it to control others and to try to create their to boost themselves up and become more and more powerful and more and more wealthy until okay. one day they topple over like the Tower of Babel. That's like just the natural outcome of abusing power. Okay. Something like that. I don't know why all that came to mind. It's just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were talking yeah. about Sumer. Yeah, yeah. So there's one interesting theory. There's a person who just called me up mm-hmm. from Facebook. He's an Indian guy from Canada. He's been talking about a person called Edgar Casey. Mm. Yeah, and his theories, uh, his magical theories about Egypt and how he yeah Atlantis yeah Atlantis mm. and stuff like that. And all uh, many of them, uh, when the scientists tried to search, they found all these things at the exact place mm. and stuff like that. Interesting. And um, there are theories that, uh, uh, you know, in Islam it is said in their holy book that uh, uh, Solomon, King Solomon, he had uh, uh, certain like uh, tools and different tools or uh, say if I, uh, if Edward is a saint, Mm. an enlightened person, he has given me this matchbox mm-hmm. as a gift and then this contains some energy you know it's a kind of blessing mm. I receive it I take it he has been uh, he he has received certain tools and gifts from many saints ancient saints of his culture mm-hmm. and uh, all those things were kept in a bucket mm. And that is why he was so wealthy and so powerful. Mm. And uh, there are theories like uh, uh, if um, some uh, politician or, you know, if India or America or Russia or any country would have that kind of uh, tools and yeah, buckets. Yeah, makes me there. think of Hitler trying to get the, the yeah. spear that, you know, all these different things. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Did he really got uh, so much mad about uh, occult stuff? Because I believe he was into some skulls. That's and what I hear, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard to tell, you know, uh, what's what's conjecture and what's fact, but it seems like he was uh, after these things, like he was in Egypt and all these places yeah, looking yeah. for the whole Indiana Jones scenario, like yeah. <laughs> fighting the Nazis, trying to get them first. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think about uh, Sir uh, Aleister Crowley? Mm. He's an interesting character. <laughs> he is. Yeah. And what about his, his Thelema and uh, theory of, uh, you know, all his theory is related to Babylon and uh, Egypt. Yeah. Well, the way that when I've talked to Thelemites about that, they distinguished between and it's an odd thing because there's the 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 lady of the night of babylon which seems to be based on the ancient goddess ishtar in the new testament specifically in uh, in the book of revelation and uh the vision that uh john is having where she is uh she gets drunk on or the the beast the the beast gets drunk on the blood of christ and then destroys the uh, the woman of babylon um, they use an impolite term, of course. I don't like to. Uh, but but then when when they 
in Thelema, when they talk about Babylon, it's mm. B-A-B-A-L-O-N, not B-A-B-Y-L-O-N. Oh, okay. And so, so she's this this woman that's not related to that other woman, mm. but yet they seem to be. And in the strength card, which they re, rename the uh, the lust card, um, there's the woman that's riding the beast rather than the woman who's taming the beast. And I believe she's called Babylon. My my uh, training was in traditional Golden Dawn, of course, which was what Crowley studied, and okay. then what he went on to change and turn into oh, okay. Kalema. And so, so originally that was uh, uh, Golden Dawn, right? Okay. And so in the in 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 certain traditional Golden Dawn groups, they they make a point to differentiate that. You know, this is traditional Golden Dawn, not Thelema. They're two totally different things. And some of them will even put Thelema under the Satan umbrella. You know, oh, okay. especially since uh, since Crowley at one point called himself the Great Beast 666, which of course is a reference to the Book of Revelation and the Beast and okay. all this stuff. <laughs> and they say that his uh, mother called him the Great Beast 666 when he was a little boy. And so that was kind of where, where that came from. And he seems like another one, a little bit like LeVay. Who, uh, who was using these things to kind of poke, you know, to, to make people nervous and, and, and because he knew that it would make people uncomfortable and that kind of thing. But it seems like incrementally, starting when he, you know, was 19, you know, like, like he would take one little step, one little step, one little step until he was like really far in that direction, like shaving his teeth so that they were pointy and, and, and you know, sex magic with animals and, you know, weird things like that. Sex magic with animals? That's what might have been my understanding. Okay. I mean, if there's thalamites out there that are hearing this saying, no, 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 please feel free to write to me. My email address is vh.fratter.bt <laughs> at gmail.com and, and let me know where I'm going wrong here. Because again, my my background is I, I was surrounded by a lot of people who you know it, I, when, when you Google Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, you Google Golden Dawn. A lot of the stuff that comes up is Crowley yeah. uh, related, and so that's like if a Jewish person every time they wanted to look up Judaism was getting Christianity, and it yeah. says so it's like frustrating. So they want to say no, no, no. This is Judaism, not Christianity. So similarly. Okay. Uh, you have traditional Golden Dawn people saying, no, I'm traditional Golden Dawn. I work with Yeshua. I do the, the original rituals that Crowley learned. And then he went on and perverted and changed and did all this other stuff. And so, so I mean, not everybody, but a lot of the people I was surrounded with were Crowley-phobic or they, would, they were anti-Crowley. They would, they, would, they would say, we don't like Crowley. Here's what's wrong with him. And if they were reading Crowley, they were doing it sort of like a Jesuit reading some kind of pagan manuscript to find out where, what, what's wrong with it so okay. so that they can prove Christianity is right um, a, gold, a traditional Golden Dawn person would read a Crowley book in order to find out what's wrong with Crowley so that they can more articulately explain why golden traditional Golden Dawn is better okay. so that that unfortunately for better or worse is my background I'm right at the oh what's it doing it's still recording that's crazy might be it just uh, went off recently. And yeah, and then it just jumped back in. Well, I um, I might be right at the beginning of a relationship. A place that we recently visited, mm -hmm. me and my fam, um, me and my wife. Mm -hmm. mm. It's in Himachal, again in Himalayas. Mm -hmm. It's called Sadhupul. Mm. Mm -hmm. This is a river valley mm. and by the sides there there are camping sites mm. where people can you know have fun have beer meditate or whatever nice and from there 
a trek goes <coughs> she's my wife we just went there and uh, we we're having fun over there <coughs> it's a beautiful river valley and uh, different uh, restaurants are there mm. people have opened their business so you know i have their number as well <coughs> if you wish you can go there cool propose a business plan whatever <coughs> that's a dirty doggy <laughs> <laughs> and this is a way to trek <coughs> above the hills and this is the highest mountain <coughs> highest mountain where you can see shimla <coughs> the lower hills shimla kufri this is uh, temple of goddess kali mm. and from where you can see from where we came and stuff like that this there is a place called sadupul and ma kali tibba mm. kali tibba <clears throat> these are the kind of, kind of places that you can visit <coughs> yeah. later on yeah and this sounds great yeah but yeah so in june and july i believe uh, we're trying to take leaves from office mm. it's a new project in our in our office and uh, so we're not allowed to take leaves mm. but in june and july we can so we are trying to go to lahol spiti mm. i'm me and my wife so we'll tell you if you would be free you can come nice i'm planning to uh, meet with piu in uh, rishikesh in june that's nice that's nice yeah, yeah. rishikesh is a place from where you can go for a trek of flower valley mm. it's uphills mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful flower valley mm-hmm. and there are some poisonous flowers as well mm. which uh, you know you got to stay away from but you can click beautiful pictures mm. and <clears throat> even above hills in snow higher hills you would uh, uh, find a place where our religious guru sikh guru mm. guru gobind singh <clears throat> he meditated for you know a- approximately you know many 10 to 15 years mm. and uh, besides him there was one character from uh, from ramayana <clears throat> brother of lord rama mm. he meditated lakshman mm. so that's a very holy place you can visit hemkund sahib wow that's a beautiful place nice. it's above hills from uh, rishikesh cool sounds great yeah mm. so we were talking about nowadays shiva crowley yeshua yeah <laughs> the agori. Oh, people always ask me about the agori. It seems like a lot of people are interested in the agori. Yeah. I feel this is human psychology. Mm. Why people are interested in satanism? Something cool about it mm. or <clears throat> it's really a messed up religion. Mm. <laughs> And there are various ideas, but still people are interested in satanism. Yeah. I believe it's the unknown which is dark. Yeah. and the unknown which we fear the fear of unknown mm. and the unknown that we are interested in yeah that's why we are willing to come closer to a girl because she is unknown <laughs> till the time we know her right <laughs> yeah yeah and then it takes a certain kind of person to not get bored and drift away at that point yeah yeah that that, that yeah it's easy to fall in love but what about 10 years later yeah yeah 
Like what, even, the, even the thing that makes you stay has got to be a little different than the things that makes you start. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we were talking about <coughs> Crowley. Yeah. That is over. <coughs> now, I believe we're going to talk about there are a lot of black communities. Now, as, as I told you, that uh, Luciferian communities and a lot of other communities, they're going back to ancestors, mm. <clears throat> which is okay, which is good. <clears throat> mm. But sometimes that starts in another, another type of racism. Mm. Yeah. A different type of racism. <clears throat> now, many, I found many black communities saying that Yeshua didn't exist at all. Mm. So, what is your call about the same? <clears throat> I found that not just in black communities. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of kind of conspiracy, you know, embracing uh, you know intellectual atheist type people who say that Jesus was invented by the Roman Rome. aristocracy mm. to keep people in line, and it was a, an attempt at because they were having such a hard time. You know, because they would go into an area and they would take over and say, yeah, but we're benevolent dictators, you know, and, and you can still practice your religion, just pay us your taxes. But then they went down into Palestine and the, the, the people there had such strong religious conviction. They had these stories about not bowing before the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, and, you know, like okay. these, these prior established precedents at how they deal with an occupying force that's an imperialist entity from abroad, usually Babylon, um, Egypt too. Uh, and so, so the Romans were having a real hard time dealing with the, with the people who, you know, who, who were the Hebrews, the, the people who, who had the Tanakh and everything. Um, and so... Might be they were people in power at that point of time. Yeah. So the people in power in Rome, uh, they say, around 100-something, started to invent this character, Jesus. And uh, some of the arguments in favor of this uh, theory is that Josephus, who, or Yo however you pronounce it, he was kind of the big historian of the period... Um, and he never mentioned him. And if there was really this revolutionary movement where there was this guy who people thought was the Messiah, who some people were saying should be rightful king, and who was resurrected, you know, and, and people saw rise from the dead, and then people are speaking in tongues, then shouldn't the main historian of Palestine at that time have mentioned him once, at least in passing? And so, like, that's kind of interesting, you know. Um, so it seems like the... The, the, the scriptures that, that, that Christianity is based on were all written at least a hundred years after they say that Jesus was walking the earth. So if nothing else, I think it's entirely probable, given what we know about uh, human behavior, that it's exaggerated. If, you know, what, whatever happened was highly exaggerated before it was written down because... I know that my, my father tells me stories about his father, who died in 1946. Hmm. And I mean, I know that some of them are a little off, and I have since done research and found out that certain things are untrue, and certain things were exaggerated. And, and then he tells me the stories when I'm five years old, and then when I'm 12 years old, I'm repeating those stories, and I'm adding a little bit just to make it a little more, you know, more, more impressive.
aggressive, more interesting, more extreme. So what happens after 130 years of that? That's just you human know? nature. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so the stories that are passed down in the Gospels, which none of which were written while Jesus was walking around, it didn't, you know, Luke and, and, and John weren't off in the corner writing down what just happened that day. Hmm. You know, this was stuff that, that, that John told to his descendant, you know, to his students, and then someone else wrote down and called it the Gospel according to John. Hmm. Um, so I think that maybe it's extreme to say that there was no... Yeshua, maybe that's extreme, and and I think it's equally extreme to say uh, that everything that's written in the Gospels is true. For one thing, some of the Gospels contradict each other. And what are you referring to, Edward? Well, just that did the cock crow three times or once? Hello, you know, there's like little discrepancies between the uh, yeah. the Gospels. Um, so you know, we can say, oh well, they're close enough. So something very close to this happened, maybe. Yeah, okay. Then Luke was a Roman traveling companion to Paul, who never met Yeshua. And, and the Gospel according to Luke seems to include a lot of Roman mythology. Um, the, whole, the whole nativity scene and the three wise men seems to mirror the old astrological, you know, the three uh, stars on the belt of Orion rise before the, the four Sirius rises, and then the sun rises in Virgo, or, you know, after Virgo rises, then you get to see the sunrise. Um, all that kind of stuff. What am I babbling about? I don't know. Um, what was the question? Shit. <laughs> I, somewhere in between. I think that, I think that, I mean, and, and, and it seems like um, you were saying it was black communities that were saying that. But I, I've, heard, I've heard people talk about how Yeshua was made up by Roman aristocracy. But honestly, I've, I've, I haven't heard it from black communities. I mean, I've, I, I, I've seen videos and things on Facebook where, okay. where it seems like, the, yeah, okay, there's, there's, there's African Yeah, I also haven't too. met black communities, but, right. uh, you know, it's just on yeah. internet, you know. Yeah, exactly. But I've met people in person who feel that way. Okay. So... But does it matter, is the question. I mean, and I've talked to Jewish people who would say Moses wasn't real. Now that Jewish there's no people. yeah okay. that that there's no evidence in any of the hieroglyphs like wouldn't they have mentioned it I mean it's a little one 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 way people explain is that that period where Moses uh, or Moshe overcame the Pharaoh and everything was such an embarrassment to the Egyptians that they didn't write it down or they destroyed all records of it but then come on you know that's that's ridiculous there should be at least a little bit of mentioning in the, yeah. in the hieroglyphs on a wall somewhere in Egypt about all these things happening so it seems like maybe it was allegorical or again maybe it was exaggerated maybe raining frogs hello but I mean I guess sometimes it rains frogs because uh, there's there's tadpoles that grow in in the clouds or I don't know something like so someone explained why it would be raining frogs or just a lot of wind the wind blowing frogs up into the air and then they fall yeah. on the ground you know or the Nile turning to blood I mean People, a lot of people have have had a lot of time to come up with a lot of different theories about these these ten plagues, but uh, but yeah. So it, it's I, I've met Jewish people who say that you know Moses probably didn't walk the earth, and okay. uh, and and that it was all a story. And I mean, for one thing, he was supposed to have written the five books of Moses, mm. but the five books of Moses talk about him dying. So how do you write a book about yourself dying? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> hello. But, um, yeah, so, 
So, yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting. And I think that the, the Christianity and Judaism are kind of more recent religions yeah. where, where you can look at something like Shiva or look at something like Krishna or even Buddha is a little bit older than Jesus yeah. and, and see you know something similar. Like, who wrote this down? Who said this was how it went? The difference to me is, you know, then, then, then the question is, well, what's the message? And then the message of Buddhism is something that actually really rings true to me, which is kind of where, where when people say, what's your religion? If I, if I were to say anything at all, I'd often say Buddhist. And, then, yeah. and, 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 and it's because it rings true that the more attached you are to temporal things, the more you're setting yourself up to suffer when those temporal things go away you know and, yeah. and and if you need something to make you happy that ultimately is subject to the forces of time then you're not gonna it's not real happiness it's not a lasting happiness yeah, yeah. Um, it's not peace it's not it's not a, a true inner peace but then you know looking into like for example in the Bhagavad Gita uh, Krishna talking to Arjun um, uh, get, getting him to have a bigger broader perspective yeah, yeah. And, and and to realize that uh, that I mean it's it's one thing to come in and say well you should be detached you know because then people can attack that and say well then you're going to behave this way and that's just a way of blah 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 but to back up and look at life and death and look at the life and death of many and then to look at the life and death of the earth and you get to a certain place where in, in, in Mahayana Buddhism they talk about um, the uh, the the kind of the real reality and then the subjective reality that the subjective reality is the one in which compassion exists and they value compassion as a very very important thing and Avalokiteshvara yeah. and 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 Kuan Yin and all that embodies that compassion that yes there are beings there are sentient beings that are suffering in this world of samsara so mm -hmm. have compassion and help them through skillful means you know um, not uh, where, where wisdom, on the other hand, has to do with the real reality, which is that nothing we do, say, or anything ultimately matters because of how small we are and how perfect everything already is. And so there's this paradox where one sounds like nihilism and one sounds like bleeding heart liberalism. <laughs> and and yeah. so it says some, somewhere on the, on the axis between nihilism and bleeding heart liberalism. No, I'm, 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 I'm joking, of course. That, that, there's, that there's some way to reconcile this paradox where through meditation you can get to a place where you are at peace because you realize that ultimately everybody is going to arrive at their destination one yeah, way or yeah. the other and but no matter how much sinner they are or whatever right yeah yeah, yeah whatever path they're taking they're going to arrive in christianity they say whether through thy wrath or through thy love all shall again re-enter um and actually my old priest uh, father lexi um i asked him about heaven and hell and, you know, the, the, the explanation he gave me, I was satisfied with. He said that, that, that God's love is like fire. And when, when we're in our bodies, we have the ability to close ourselves off from it, to shut it out. And, but then when we yeah. lose our bodies, we lose that ability. And yeah. so we're surrounded by this divine fire. And if we hold on 
what I would say from a Buddhist point or from a Vajrayana Buddhist point uh, to hold on to our sense of separate self if we hold on to our being separate from God or if we hold on to our ego our, our pride our arrogance if we hold on to our desires or what it is that separates us from everything else in the universe then that divine fire love feels like burning fire that's trying to tear us away that's destroying some aspect of us that we identify with as our Ourselves. And that's the fires of hell. It's like, oh, so the fires of heaven and the fires of hell are the same thing. It's just yeah. a matter of how you go into it is how you experience it. It's very interesting. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm raving. Yeah, and in, in this Christian point of view, uh, especially Bible and uh, um, talking about if Jesus was real or not, mm. if we talk about Hebrew, Bible or the Torah even uh, in that Bible I believe there are no clues of Satan in that Shatem in the book of Job um, he was <laughs> Job was supposed to be perfect yeah. and, uh, and, and so Satan came to God and said yeah, but I bet if you uh, gave him a horrible disease he'll renounce oh. you and he'll, he'll <laughs> okay. curse your name and so God says no he won't Watch, and then he gave Job a horrible disease, okay. and Job kept praying, "God, thank you for my life." And okay. then, so Satan said, uh, "Kind of test." Yeah, so Satan said, "Yeah, but you you think he's so perfect? What if you killed his family?" And God says, uh, "Well, let's try it." And he kills his family, and uh, Job says, "Thank you, God, for my life and for this food." And then he said, "Well, give Job a horrible disease, a debilitating disease. Take away his farms. Give him drought. Give him every you know, like uh, send locusts, send everything." And there, Job is barely able to speak, and yet he's still praising God and and he's expressing gratitude to God for his life and everything. And so finally, God says, "Okay, see there, Satan. Job is good. You fuck off, and I'm going to give Job." <laughs> everything back I'm gonna give him his health I'm gonna give him new wives and new children and new land and he's gonna be happy blah 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 so the book of Job was as far as I know uh, uh, biblical scholars will say that the serpent in the Garden of Eden was Satan the one who said uh, if you eat from this tree you will be like a god you will know good from evil so eat the fruit so my question is yeah my question is why worship Satan if God is so benevolent that after killing your family is gonna give you new wife <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> it's true it's true but at the same time, I, I, I can appreciate how the, the present day, the popular Satanists today um, are the ones that are, that are, that are uh, protesting and, 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 and calling attention to injustice. Yeah. And so Shatem, I mean, enemy also means basically prosecuting attorney, the, the accuser, the one who tells you you're wrong. And so as far as angels go, if somebody is a devotee of St. Raphael, then maybe they're a healer. If they're a devotee of St. Gabriel or, or St. Michael, then they, they, they have the, some specific role that they're embodying. And fallen angels, I think maybe that too. Uh, Shatem uh, or, or uh, you know, that the people who, are, who, who call themselves Satanists and then who go out and protest against you know the dairy industry or against the meat industry i'm all for those people and i think that they're in the best possible way devotees of the accusing angel the angel that tells people that they're fucked 
and, uh, and yeah. that says, you think this guy's so perfect, well, watch what happens when you do this. That's an interesting archetype. And then in Christianity, they took that idea of the old uh, Satan, and they added, you know, horns that they got from Pan, yeah. and they added a bunch of stuff, and they just made it the embodiment of all evil, mm. so that it's something to scare children, so that they'll be sure to go to church, and they yeah. save me from the bad monster that they keep telling me about, you know, like like if you showed someone a horror movie, Freddy Krueger, every, every, every weekend. And exactly. said, if you want to get away from Freddy Krueger, well, you've got to go to church, you know, <laughs> whatever. Then it turned into something else. And know. unknowingly, unknowingly, the church have made uh, Satan. Yeah, they invented it. <laughs> they invented it and yeah. they have made this archetype so devilish so sexy and so skillful in music and so skillful in yeah. everything yeah yeah <laughs> he's got himself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then in, in, in a christian community you'll find the church on one side of town and the brothel on the other side of town or the the porn store or whatever they don't have porn stores anymore because it's all on the internet but okay. you know like uh, like the 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 heathen of sin you know the the den of sin you know and and, and the people who are drinking and doing bad things but they're the same people yeah. and they, it's built in you do, you go over here you do all the sinning then you go to church you say you're sorry you feel good for 10 minutes you go back to the bar yeah. and, and it's the same people going back and forth because of that dichotomy that they created between Jesus yeah, and yeah. Satan yeah. where meanwhile in tantric you know practice and you know then then there's no if you say to someone who who's who's a tantric practitioner like what's the difference between divinity and sexual energy they'll say why do you assume there's a difference you know yeah, like, yeah what, exactly where, where yeah. if you ask a christian or a puritan type christian they'll say oh well surely that the sex energy is there for the devil to tempt you and divine yeah. energy is there to save you from the evil sexual satan energy. <laughs> yeah it's like why why who needed to control who for you to be thinking that way now you know like yeah, it seems like whenever you have some kind of fascist, imperialist, empire, you know, entity uh, yeah, telling its people that they should keep it in their pants, you know, it, somewhere along the line, you know, you should all join the army and you should all pay your taxes and all everybody go to work and be happy and be happy to be slaves. And, you know, it's all built exactly. in. It's not religion. It's just, it's just some kind of corporate brainwashing. Exactly. I don't get to talk to many Christians here. Mm-hmm. But in company, I used to, you know, talk to different Muslims and uh, according to them, they said that uh, they are different. Uh, suppose, just creating a story, suppose I meditate, Edwards meditate and uh, after a certain amount of time, when they enter void, when they are about to get to enlightenment, there's... Uh, there's, it's not a holy book, but we give it a name of holy book. Mm. Some words or some kind of knowledge, like Nikola Tesla said, that there is a, some kind of Akashic records that we retrieve knowledge from, but mm. we do not know. We do not have access to that database, mm. universal database, but <clears throat> we get knowledge from that very database. That's the only source. Mm. And... Uh, after you meditate and uh, you know you get to the void and there's a point that nobody's there to disturb you or you know then you get a book and they name it something you know in the same way uh, uh, while talking to muslims 
because their culture is very strict in their form and you know mm. <clears throat> they say that this is the only book which is real mm. and uh, all other books are tempered okay if i consider it a fact for a time being if i consider it a fact then they say that uh, uh, jesus was also real and it's his coming to this earth was already prophesized by the previous people mm. and uh, it is said that the book which came into his mind was named injil mm. in their language and uh, nobody knows where this book is and it's one of very powerful books because it's one of the purest mm. as jesus is said to be uh, the icon of love and you know the purity yeah itself so it's also kind of beautiful theory but what do you think uh, as a member of golden dawn mm -hmm. and as a member of freemasonry what do you think there is a difference in both of the things uh, well i'm not a freemason I'm no longer a member of golden dawn um, but a difference between what and what golden dawn and freemasonry or a difference between those two mm. i don't know i mean i i'm not myself i'm not a freemason um but I know that there's different there's differences in the rituals and there's differences in the teachings um, but Golden Dawn derived a lot from masonry the secret handshakes and kind of the formality of the way that the ceremonies are done the oath with the sword and that kind of thing okay. um, but yeah that's a good question I mean but that'd be a better question for someone who's both a Freemason and a Golden Dawn practitioner yeah. I've interviewed a few such people um, and what was their answer? Um, that's a good question. Um, just, I mean, generally that Golden Dawn goes a bit deeper and uh, includes more esoteric practices uh, and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm largely ignorant about masonry, unfortunately. Um, the one thing that comes to mind is the thing that people make a lot of the, for, of all the things presented in the neophyte ceremony of the Golden Dawn, hmm. the thing that a lot of people kind of hold to and that informs their decisions in life and their philosophies and their po political affiliations, etc., hmm. is uh, that unbalanced severity is cruelty and oppression, but unbalanced mercy is weakness and lack of will and would allow evil to exist unchecked, thereby making itself the accomplice of evil. Okay. And so that's different from love thy neighbor. You know what I mean? It's a little different from, uh, you know, uh, like the Tao, you know, uh, th those who don't, who don't know they're being ruled, you know, or that kind of thing. It's, uh, for one thing, it, it, it's open to interpretation. So if somebody considers, uh, if somebody considers Tantra evil, then they're going to want to make sure that nobody practices it because, God damn it, in the neophyte oath it said he who uh, allows evil to exist unchecked is uh, an accomplice to evil. You know, if they consider this and that evil, if, uh, if, so, you know, if their parents taught them and they, and they, they, they really embodied that some particular way of life, smoking marijuana, whatever it is that they've decided is just evil, and so mm. that they're not going to let it let it let it go on unchecked, uh, because then they're an accomplice of evil. Um, that's an interesting thing that that I've noticed. 
tends to it's it, it kind of divides people because mm-hmm. because of the definition if if someone brings in a particular definition of evil then they need to cut themselves they they need to they need to cut it out they need to be completely intolerant toward some particular way of practicing um, like I have a, a, a someone I used to call a friend who um, because I wrote a book report about the Golden Dawn um, told me never to speak to her again because I'm open to energies and practices that she does not invite and therefore I should never contact her again and, and so I mean like m- me talking to you and talking mm-hmm. about Luciferian stuff and talking about demons and this kind of thing without just being like well uh, I'm uncomfortable with the conversation let's just talk about light and fairies uh, <laughs> is gonna is gonna cause people to decide that I'm evil you know because because we're having this conversation so therefore <laughs> I should be stopped, you know, therefore I should be cut out of, you know, whatever. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but that's, doesn't, doesn't really answer your question. Um, the Masons. Yeah. I mean, again, I only have like very limited understanding of what they do and what they practice and what their teachings uh, are. The book that you gave me, uh, mm-hmm. Transformations. Oh yeah. Uh, it was a very good book oh, that you. I read. And, uh, was it, uh, your father's book or mm-hmm. was it your uh, grandfather's book my father's book okay mm-hmm. and there was a very interesting chapter the agreements oh yeah yeah with a capital a <laughs> the agreements the agreements. like gravity uh, yeah. and and plate tectonics <laughs> the agreements in the scientific level as well and the agreements in spiritual level mm. like agreements of angelic and demonic Mm. itself as well yeah that if you know demonic energy is in its working and uh, if lion is gonna kill someone and eat for its food then angelic energy does not interfere mm. it's just that yeah it's just the world yeah and, uh, I completely agree with that because we see that mm. we see that in reality and who knows at what level these agreements are right at the invisible level yeah who knows yeah this is just the visible level that we can see yeah it's almost like the those capital a agreements he was talking about some of them are like the laws of physics exactly like uh like when we were all infinite divine white light uh and then we decided hey let's play a game then that was an agreement and then we're all going to divide up and we're going to pretend we're separate people that was an agreement and then we're going to incarnate and we're going to have birth and life and death and love and sex and hate and all these things those were agreements and so we all play like if you play monopoly one person can't say instead of rolling dice I'm just gonna move the piece over here. And like, no, you have to roll the dice, dude. That's the agreement. And so, in the big capital G game of life that we're playing, we've all made these agreements, and 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 we're all adhering to them. And there they are. And so, when death comes around, you can't just you know be like, no, this isn't fair. <laughs> it's like, no, it comes around for everybody. You know, that's part of the agreement. It's 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 uh, you bought the ticket. You know, like <laughs> there's suffering, there's pain, there's puberty, there's there's all. All kinds of things you know, in, in life now there's you know the talk is going to be a little more deeper and mm. deeper and deeper because uh, many times in the struggles of life and you know in weird moments mm. sometimes I'm very happy mm. I'm 
I have just got a glimpse of the moment that I'm very happy. This is the moment that I'm enjoying. Now the next moment, I'm going to die. Mm. A glimpse, just a glimpse that I've got. Mm. I believe many of the people have got, spiritual people might have got, I believe everyone, but all does not lay faces on that. Mm. People who just lay faces on that or, you know, just try to analyze what exactly it is. Mm. What, from where is it coming from? Mm. Those are spiritual people. And uh, I just get the glimpse of, you know, I'm old and next day I'm just gonna get just gonna die. Mm. What is the feeling? And mm. how I'm gonna handle it, you know? And then suddenly I go into meditation Ooh. and I get peace. How would you explain and you know, how? what is your take on this? This is a sacred feeling, I believe. I I liken that perhaps I'm just my first response, the first thing out of the top of my head, is when you're working on your computer yeah. and there's hackers that are using your computer to do, you know, attacks on, on governments. You know, there's all kinds of stuff going on in your computer. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, you run things in the background and, and, and eventually the computer starts to get really slow, you know. Mm. And uh, meditation or a good, nice sleep is kind of like turning off the computer and turning it back on again. The RAM is completely empty. Yeah. And and I think that the contemplation of a certain idea, maybe mm -hmm. a certain like a koan in Zen, somebody says, "What's the sound of one hand clapping? When a tree falls in a forest, does it make a sound?" Something like that. Or the contemplation of what will it feel like when I'm confronting death causes one to realize Oh, all the things that I'm upset about right now, I'm not going to care about in five minutes, you know, or a year, let alone at the moment of death, what's important? Like, <laughs> what, what, you know, and, and all the things we're going to have to let go of in the process of death, the things we're not taking with us, which is everything. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's a little bit like hitting the reset button on a computer, the exactly. computer that is our brain. And, uh, and then the RAM is empty. And then, oh, we're operating at optimum capacity. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. All our, all Complete reset. Yeah. Factory restore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to the factory, the main factory, the original source. Yeah. And then, you know, I would like to record that event, but that is not possible. Right. That is not possible. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, how to explain that? Mm. I'm enjoying my life, but I'm still, you know, waiting for that moment. Yeah. Why? Because I want to see my ability that at that moment of time, was my path correct? Am I able to handle this properly or not? Right. Yeah. yeah. And if still I'm afraid, mm. then, you know, I believe There's Alexander was much done. better than me. Mm. He looted and plundered the world, <laughs> but still he went away lighting, you know. Mm. Mm. And who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah. This element of mystery, I believe, this is very important. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're losing our electricity again uh, if I decide to leave this part in. So uh, you were saying about the uh, what's the name of the place near Rishikesh that starts with a D? Hemkund Sahib. 
Or the the one that starts with a D, the way the Deradun. Deradun. Deradun, yes. Where the people, the doctor that was investigating the line between life and death. It's nearby Deradun. It's oh. Ranikhet. Ranikhet. How interesting. Doctor's so, Abby's Hospital. You can search that on internet as well. Abby? A B I? A B B Y. A B B Y. Doctor Abby's Hospital. Sounds interesting. <clears throat> Thank you. Is there a subject we should? What what haven't we covered? You know, there there, there is a book in our religion. Mm? We are not Hindus, not directly Hindus, directly Hindus. Sikh, right? Yes, yeah, Sikh. Mm. Those people who wear turbans mm. and but aren't they, Muslim. <laughs> they are kind of a mix of Hindu and Muslim. Mm. And you'll find why because in their book, in the holy book. They are only, otherwise there are 10 Sikh Gurus, 10 Sikh Masters, but the words of only 6 Masters is there in Survived. the book mm -hmm. and rest 35 Hindu and Muslim Masters words are there. Mm. Interesting. <clears throat> so it's a blend of everything. Yeah. So what is their point of view? The words of those masters have been entered who were into more of devotion and bhakti cult. Mm. Bhakti is very simple. It's just mm. love towards one's master. Mm. Love towards Krishna, love towards Yeshua, mm. love towards blind love. Blind For love. <laughs> yeah. Blind love towards uh, you know, which leads to eventually leads to meditation mm. because we we do not have got any questions it's blind love yeah we got faith on yeshua or we got faith faith on krishna shiva or whatever mm. it's bhakti mm. Mm. but we believe on that and there's a point when you start meditating on the name krishna om krishna yanama om krishna yanama om krishna yanama and then you suddenly forget the name even and you get into void and that's the point mm. you know where we have to get eventually it's not easy but yeah that's the point where we have to get mm. it's always an indirect road yeah and uh, that's where bhakti leads to mm. and it's not looking for manipulations that you're looking for magical energies or rituals that you have done to enhance your business career you have uh, done to enhance your sexual life or love life or you know you're not having children so you're trying to manipulate certain energies. universal energies yeah. to get children in your life you know it's not about that it's about blind love mm. who don't want anything who don't want anything habibi yeah mm. we already have everything we just want your devotion we just mm. want your name mm. and uh, that is the way of krishna that is way of our gurus but at the same time, the books which are not there in our holy book, there, as I told you that there are only six masters words registered and recorded in our holy book. Mm. Rest are all Hindu and Muslim mm. saints, sages. Where did that four to five other gurus words went? Mm -hmm. Where are they? They are in the libraries. But if you read them, they're exactly like yoga and tantra mm. which 
our real gurus not just they all contradict you know mm. they all contradict it's just uh, from that you can feel that this guru granth sahib our holy book is meant for a normal human being normal man who cannot make sacrifices of a celibate life mm. and uh, which is not even required otherwise if you think globally or you know cosmically yeah you know why were we created then you know mm. yeah. why were both sexes we'd created? all die out if yeah. everybody took a vow of celibacy and kept yeah. it yeah so there is no life then mm. so that's actually life energy which is populating everything so the another point of view i would think that this is just another point of view which is our of our sikh gurus mm. which exactly resembles the depth of meditation and tantra mm. and there was one book which first guru guru nanak dev gave to one king of sri lanka <clears throat> in that book you would see he had talked about all the spiritual shelves it's just an example that he is giving there mm. are a lot of shelves inside mm. on which you have kept certain emotions and certain properties of your characteristics of your souls mm. okay and those are the spiritual shelves yeah yeah and there like are chakras maybe yeah, yeah. maybe chakras yeah. it's just his way of telling yeah and there are certain veins mm. and those veins represents certain powers of yours he has talked about this chakra and mm. he is talking about he is saying that uh, nabhi kamal nabhi kamal nabhi talking about the means, second chakra is like yeah. yeah nabhi means this chakra mm. our uh, you know belly button mm. nabhi kamal mein naam pragas it contains that means it contains nabhi kamal nabhi chakra contains the vibration of eternal being mm. if you focus deep deep without any judgments right neutral just be neutral mm. and just focus 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 after a long time not very easily after a long time of meditation mm-hmm. you will feel after certain happiness blissfulness and completely the opposite depressions yeah after which you want to quit meditation right even if you do not then quit meditation then you reach a certain point mm. when you clear all your chakras of depression and everything then you reach a point which brings you to the eternal vibration mm. the omkar om something like that mm-hmm. it's not exactly om it's not exactly omkar it's not exactly onk it can be anything but it's some it's something around that yeah you know and uh, that's what he has talked about it is a very good theory and uh, what they have talked about is kirat karo kirat karo means do your good deeds mm. what you have to do because anyways we are material beings we have to do it yeah if you, we, we do not do anything then we will be you know we will be homeless mm. one day you know yeah. we have to earn something we have to you know do your deeds kirat karo naam japo mm. naam japo means chant the name now there is a catch the name that human has created om 
or the name which is eternally present which we didn't created that is the catch he is talking about the eternal name which we do not speak we have to find out that name and we have to you know dive into the current of that eternal chanting which is going on i was no i'm just kidding <laughs> that is yeah, nice yeah. that is nice yeah. so at least the path is correct once the path is correct then there is no drifting away mm. you know the ancestors call you your ancestors my ancestors they call you and then you know the path is correct then there is no drifting away mm. then we with struggles with you know all the probabilities of life we eternally eventually get into that uh, eternal point that is the teaching of sikh gurus mm. kirat karo naam jabo eternal chanting and vand chako that means uh, there is a concept of uh, mass langar or food mm. uh, you know offering of food to everyone if you go to gurdwaras there is sikh temples gurdwaras in those temples there is always free food for everybody mm. so that is the meaning of same if you come to gurdwara doesn't matter if you are a king doesn't matter if you are a poor person you know with foul smelling or whatever you are served in the same plates mm. you have to eat together mm. this brings brotherhood yeah very simple psychology mm. no tantra no big you know they are very simple people mm. saint and warriors mm. first they were saints the last guru was warrior because aurangzeb the mogul person uh, which is also recorded in the history of taj mahal mm. who imprisoned his own father i believe uh, he was very uh, he is a tyrant person mm. and aurangzeb uh, he had a conversation with our last guru and our last guru said that you are converting everybody into a muslim mm. do you even know the meaning of muslim mm. what is the meaning of muslim muslim means the person who is uh, stable in his character mm. the person who knows who is the dweller of truth who who is in uh, you know who is positive in his iman iman means character and truth mm. whatever is truth he is stable in that and that is muslim doesn't matter if he has you know circumcised or not right doesn't matter yeah and that was our last guru was fighting about mm. all other gurus nine gurus were saints only the last guru all other was martyrs mm. there is such a history that the ninth guru was uh, martyred by the muslims and he said that okay if you want to convert me and convert all these hindu hindus into muslims then you have to convert me mm. first if you convert me then i will be you know all, all all these people will be muslims they were not able to convert him mm. what they did with him was it you know muslims have given ghastly tortures to everyone mm. in hardcore islam the sufis were very liberals right yeah i like the sufis <laughs> yeah and what they did with him was that hot sand was kept in a cauldron mm. and fire was burning 
at the bottom he was made to sit in that cauldron and hot uh, sand was poured into his head and at last slowly his head uh, skin was cut and his brain was uh, you know slashed open and still he was chanting something i don't know what but he was chanting something mm. and he was into deep meditation he was not feeling anything mm. this incident is still ancient but there was one more thing when uh, there there was a war between vietnam and america there was one uh, you can find the pictures on internet as well there was one lama who in protest was in meditation poured some you know volatile substance on himself mm. and he burned himself mm. but he was not moving he was not screaming mm. he was just in meditation procedure that just that he burned he got burnt alive and he was just in meditation yeah and people still worship that thing as the name of buddha mm. nobody knew his name even mm. and the same thing the kind of tortures have been done uh by the you know muslim imperialist parties to sick gurus but they were so uh, simple and uh, you know bland that uh, they accepted everything mm. but only the last guru he was a rebellion mm. that okay nine gurus have tried everything they have tried everything all means of peacefulness but now i have to pick up sword Mm. now i have to pick up sword even his uh you know arrows there are stories that he used arrows used to be the tips of arrows used to be of gold mm. why because uh he used to kill somebody but there used to be compassion mm. and uh you know he was forced by aurangzeb and muslim leaders to pick up sword and arrow but the tip of arrow used to be of gold so that the other person can you know take out the arrow and at least sell the arrow to do the cremation mm. of that person wow you know that was what uh, the intention was behind mm. so these are the sikh gurus the latest ones and our scripture is said that it's not corrupted slowly eventually after 10 years or 50 years it will get corrupted but yeah at this point of time it is said it is not corrupted yet mm. but the stories are real that uh, the deeds what they did and what they tried to make us understand they, i'll just give you one example it's not just that uh, you know uh, if it is india if it is an ancient culture if it is africa if it is an ancient culture witchcraft of uh, um, britain it's an ancient culture then those people it's not necessary that those people would not be little arrogant right. doesn't mean that oh yeah human nature is human new nature. human nature yeah. is human yeah. nature so what they wanted us to understand the sikh gurus they wanted us to understand was that ultimately it is written in our book no matter how many chants you do no matter how many fasts you do no matter how many holy places you bathe in 
the holy waters you bathe in you're not going to get the supreme eternal thing you might get certain angelic and demonic powers mm. that field is different mm. but beyond that is the master that thing you, you can never get with any chanting or anything but there there's one catch which which they mentioned it's they said you can get it with guru prasad guru prasad means with the blessing of guru with the blessing of master mm. and then another catch starts mm. because there is another contradiction there they say they, from their life time you can gauge that they have been contradicting the living gurus living hindu gurus living muslim gurus who have been misleading people mm. that is why they said they give a rule they just gave a rule in our religion that sab sikhan ko hukum hai guru maneo granth that means all sikh people are commanded not to believe in this age in this age of kali yuga mm. of this age of uh, kali yuga not to believe in any living guru because they have you know experienced everything yeah now you have to believe in this holy book that we are giving you mm. this is just you know this is some total of everything everything good vedas muslims hindus christian whatever you know it's some total of everything in one book you just have to uh, see that book as a guru mm. because you cannot believe in a living guru yeah and in that book they have written that the catch that i was talking about guru maneo granth that means the book the holy book is your guru and one more thing guru doesn't come from outside they are just trying to say that does a living person comes and teach you everything there have been numerous people who might have taught you lot of things but there is no miracle that has happened mm. life is going in the same way there are all same kind of pains that you have to bear mm. what kind of miracle has he done you have to still you know face the same kind of pains and same kind of things that you know you have to go through the guru the right master comes from inside he's talking about the soul mm. he's not even talking about the book mm. he's pointing towards the book but in the book again another pointer is given which is towards the soul mm. <laughs> that is the catch yeah <laughs> that is the catch he's talking about the eternal soul mm. and he's talking about that you know you have to believe the eternal soul all the tantras all the mantras all the yoga and every right path comes from your eternal souls it's not a direct path it's a very indirect path very painful path and long path but right path mm. you know and uh, you know even if you got some kind of uh, you know hesitation or hesitation in believing some person mm-hmm. a particular person that you know he has told me something but you know i don't he doesn't make any sense to me it's a good quality you know it's a good quality that you're not believing him blindly mm. that means ancestor is calling from somewhere mm. the soul is calling from somewhere that come back i'll teach you the right path mm. 
which is good for you yeah might be which is good for you according to your ancestors yeah that is what i like in this very simple book yeah. and this believes in bhakti yoga bhakti yoga that means if you are a disciple of uh, christ then christ devotional yoga devotional yoga yeah. and he will lead you to the right path directly or indirectly doesn't matter how much we deny he is the ancestor he is your ancestor i believe uh, if you if you uh, take an example if you go in the caves they have drawn certain pictures in the caves they have uh, africans native americans they have drawn pictures of uh, hunting of worshiping certain idols of certain beings coming from sky you know we cannot draw anything until we have seen certain things mm. it is human nature also yeah we cannot just imagine anything until we have something we have seen something related to it yeah you know in the same way you know once we go into meditation we see a lot of things yeah ultimately yeshu beat yeshua beat krishna beat buddha mm. it might be some kind of truth in that mm. some kind of truth has to be there might be half truth but if we follow that with devotion without any prejudices that this race is bad or this race is bad nah just follow the path of that particular person not just the book that particular person yeah the energy is potent enough to drag the your soul back to the ancestors <laughs> that's what i believe yeah. that's what the luciferians have told me and that's what you know i have agreed to as yeah. well i've encountered a lot of people who i think probably as a pendulum swing you know the pendulum the swings one extreme and then the other um as a result of so many generations of blindly believing people blindly reject <laughs> yeah yeah so if you start to talk in a way that you use a keyword or something some concept that reminds people of the thing that their ancestors were blindly accepting then they blindly reject it and they say no that's yeah. spiritual that's religious that's mystical that's mm. uh that's something made up therefore and uh and i only believe in science you know or or even that i don't believe in i'm skeptical about even the things i'm skeptical about and i definitely am not going to pay any attention if you're going to talk about a soul if you're going to talk about spirit if you're going to talk about chakras if you're going to talk about meditation if you're going to talk about any of these things that i put under the category of hocus pocus bullshit that people made up then i reject it so it's like uh, the blindly rejecting is just as counterproductive as blindly accepting Just exactly to, exactly yeah, yeah. i'll tell you one incident online with one of my friends i used to talk to certain american ladies and uh, they talked about their luciferian stuff they talked about their oh traditional british ladies were there and they talked about their traditional british witchcraft and their ways and then i talked about tantra mm. and she started fighting with me and you know she got angry like anything mm. 
very funny story that I asked one of my other friends, a female friends itself, that uh, you know, I talked to this lady about tantra and you know, why do you do? She she said that why do you do, do, talk to her about tantra directly? I said that uh, what is the problem with you know what is the problem with tantra? I just talked about tantra about uh, you know about the different practices. She might have been little more knowledgeable. She said that the kind of tantra which is practiced and which is preached, uh, which is preached in UK and US, it is all about sex tantra. Yeah. She might have thought she might have thought that you were trying to flirt with her. Right? Yeah. yeah. You brought up the word tantra. Yeah, because I, I think that's because uh, you know in Britain and UK and US specifically, Puritanism was such a huge influence. Yeah. Uh, after the the Renaissance in Italy. There were so many British people that were kind of on board with that and studying pagan things and interested in artists and, and Greek philosophy and all these other things. And their children around, oh, I don't know, the 16th century, I'm just going to throw that out there, um, were uh, rejecting that and saying, that's not what's in the Bible. The Bible says this and that. And the, so yeah. they, they reject it and call it evil, call it Satan. And, uh, and so ever since then, now as children, as great-great-grandchildren of these Puritans, when uh, when people hear about tantra, they they say, "Wait, it's a religious practice that includes and involves and even talks about sexuality." Mm. And even in India, there's a little bit of a repression, you know, a, a little bit of uh, don't talk about that, don't don't mention that. And so someone like Osho comes along and he's a rebel, mm. you know, because because he's talking about things that you're not supposed to talk about. Yeah. And so so that's the only thing people get out of tantra. That's the only thing people know about tantra, is you know. And I consider myself very lucky that my my father went through all these processes to the point where when I was four and five years old he was teaching me about Tantra and I didn't even know what sex was for several more years and and you know but he was talking about energies that connect people and yeah. and and you know subtle forces and working with with uh, sound and mantra and all these other things before I started to learn more about the tantric practice of sitting in yabyam and and circulating energy and, and yeah. the things that people normally their mind goes straight to when they they think of tantra yeah and also you know regarding that very incident that lady then again opened up to me mm -hmm. a little bit more. She explained, as I told you that she might have been a little more knowledgeable about the subject. She might have learned about different cultures. She told me that this is no big deal. This is no big deal. Tantra and everything. The similar kind of practices were present in uh, British witchcraft, mm -hmm. in which they offered their semen to the goddess, the moon, mm. in the uh, in the time of full moon, you know, mm -hmm. and it used to be uh, considered very powerful to uh, do the mating in the presence of full moon and making a wish with that energy. It used to be, you know, uh, considered very potent. And similar kind of practices uh, were there in uh, Egyptian yeah. practices as well. So that was very interesting to know. Hmm. Also in your culture, uh, it is said that uh, uh, in America, even at the times of Osho, whenever there are any cults involved, 
FBI always keeps their eye on those yeah, cults yeah. that they might because of Charles Manson. Oh, basically, yeah, yeah. And what is I don't know the story. What is he and uh, what wrong he has done? He um, he was giving LSD and Hell's Bells. Uh, well, forget the name of the chemical, but it's a very, oh. very awful kind of uh, induces kind of a nightmarish state of mind. And uh, he basically brainwashed his followers into this idea that you know this this ultimate evil was being perpetrated through Hollywood and so what they should do is go to this particular house at this particular time where there was this particular party and kill all these actors oh. and uh, people in Hollywood and they did it so he himself wasn't there but his followers went and brutally murdered a bunch of, uh, of, of, of Hollywood actors and then uh, so that actually happened yeah oh. and they were arrested he was arrested and he their their cult was out in the desert in this little shed you know this shack where they were taking acid and he was so I mean it was kind of like the dark side of uh, the hippies they, they you know the hippies were let's let's break away from former ways of doing things and 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 Charles Manson was even hanging out with the Beach Boys and things like that like uh, famous you know rock musicians and uh, so, so yeah, it was basically a, a wake-up call for people who thought that anything, you know, because at the time in the late 60s, it was getting to the point where people who were rejecting old ways of thinking, rejecting sort of the 1950s sort of uh, Norman Rockwell mentality, were saying, okay, break away and, and take LSD and tune in, turn out, drop off or whatever the fuck... And uh, it's showing that yeah, but there's a dark side to that, or that it can be twisted, yeah. or that, that 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 it's it's possible for it to go this direction, mm. and uh, and so ever since him, the word cult has had a negative connotation, especially in the U.S. And whenever there's some kind of small religious organization that's unusual, or especially where there's a charismatic leader. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Then uh, people people think of that. They associate it with that. And there were a few others. Uh, Jim Jones. Is it okay if I use this towel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jim Jones was another one where he had a, a following of, I believe, a few thousand people. And they ended up moving down to South America. And, uh, and they had a farm and all this other stuff. And at a certain point, uh, he had everybody drink poison. Oh. And, and they all died. I mean, and the twisted thing is the first time he said, okay, everybody, we're going to drink poison. And then they all drank the, the poison. But then he said, oh, just kidding. It wasn't really poison. And then he did it again, and it was real. And, oh. and then they all died. And so between Jim Jones and, uh, and uh, Charles Manson and, you know, a few others... Uh, Cults have, have had a negative connotation in the U.S. ever since, and pretty much around the world. I mean, people look to that and they, they, they see these horrible examples. But, I mean, of course, not all small spiritual organizations with a leader yeah. go that direction. I mean, sometimes you have someone who's a genuine, someone who's been practicing a long time, and they... They have a lot of interesting things to offer, and then they get a following, and then they get popular, and then there's more people, and 
they're not going to lead everybody to in, to commit suicide or, or to kill anyone or that kind of thing. Osho was an example of that. When he was in Oregon, there was a point where, according to the story, he had taken a vow of silence and the German woman he had put in charge of his organization ended up organizing the poisoning of 900 people in Oregon in order to influence elections because yeah. they didn't want to be voted out of Oregon. Um, and so 900 people got salmonella poisoning because they were spraying salad bars with salmonella and all this other stuff. And he said he had no knowledge of it. He didn't know it was happening. He had taken a vow of silence. That was all done without his knowledge or consent. And so, I mean, it's basically anybody's guess whether that's true or not. Um, but for a long time, I had disregarded Osho as, you know, possibly being involved in the... the poisoning of all these people but more recently yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, talked I, to I've, I've heard about this bionic terror or something yeah, kind of yeah. thing. so what, what was the story I don't even know about that story he um, he had a big following there's actually a documentary series right now that's that people are watching in the US um, about this very subject um, but he, yeah, he had a big following. He had his dynamic meditation where people would dance and shout and do all this stuff, and that was a form of meditation. He also, when he had people in Oregon building a city, he said, working, working all day, that's a form of meditation. So you're going to work all day. And then at the end of the day, you pick a partner and you go have great sex with whoever in the community. Mm. Um, you know, so there was that tantric sort of idea of it doesn't matter who you're with. You're just going to, you know, work with the energies um, was around. And then he would he had multiple Mercedes that he'd drive around and everybody would would line up and cheer. And they all had his picture in a little locket and they wore red robes. Mm. And uh, then... Uh, the, yeah, then he took a vow of silence, and then at a certain point, the, the, the rest of Oregon was trying to vote for him to have to leave. And uh, so he wanted to make sure that these people that didn't like him were so sick that they could... Well, it was either him or it was oh. the woman he put in charge. Uh, were so sick that they couldn't vote that day. Krishna is called Banke Bihari. Mm. Banke Bihari means an attractive Bihari mm. and Banki Bihari why do we call him Banki Bihari because he is a trickster and he has got all tricks to flirt with the girls mm -hmm. and he has got all tricks to manipulate the warriors into fighting their own people <laughs> he is a Banki Bihari so that's what that's Iskon temple I believe their uh, Krishna culture is completely different from you know the decoration you you can see from the decoration of their uh, you know Krishna idol mm. the way they decorate Radha the way they decorate the priests decorate the picture of Krishna the culture is completely different from the Shivite culture mm. Shiva people in decorating their own idol it's completely different it's mm. most it's more into you know agora and demonic and dark side mm -hmm. and krishna is more toward beauty and you know yeah it's kind of bihari culture the way they dress their idol and uh, ram ayodhya it's i believe up uttar pradesh mm. And uh, the birthplace of Rama is Ayodhya. Mm. You can also visit that place if you wish. There are a hell lot of places in India, but mm. 
Himalayas are, you know, best. Yeah. <laughs> they are the best yeah. to visit. <clears throat> but the decoration will tell you that the culture is different. <clears throat> Shakti cult is completely different. Shakti cult means goddess culture. And, uh, um, you know, I got recurring dreams of, uh, you know, some people of America and UK in a small room with a powder, a red colored powder. There's a red colored powder that we call, call Gulal. The one that yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <sighs> Sindoor or Gulal. Mm. I they told were, we were the other day I saw a pile of it and I said, I'm going to take some of that and put it right here. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, do you know what that means? And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, I've got recurring dreams of, uh, you know, even Goddess Kali's Yoni, that means her vagina, is worshipped in the same way that whole universe, the cosmos, has emerged from the vulva of, of cosmos. Mm. Kali is what? It's nothing but cosmos. Mm. That's it. So, the representation uh, gives us that uh, we are all born from the spit and spat or you know, sperm of the god and the goddess. Pata. <laughs> yeah, Pata or Shiva. Yeah. And that's it. So mm. I've got the recurring dreams of the same and uh, there is a temple in Assam called Kamakya Devi. <clears throat> there was a time that, uh, just a story, I don't know if it's real, but it's mythological. Mm. Uh, there was a time that uh, daughter of king of Himalayas mm. Parvati that means goddess Shakti reincarnated as girl or daughter of Himalayas mm. daughter of king of Himalayas his name is not documented he is called as Himachal <clears throat> on, the, on his name Himalayas name is created mm. So, uh, the daughter of Himalayas marries uh, a Agora, or a kind of homeless person. Mm. Just imagine the situation. Daughter of a king marries a beggar, a homeless man, yeah. but a very powerful tribe, mm. tribal king, who everyone uh, assumes as a king of the universe. But... His father does not know his reality, mm. what he actually is. Then he challenges her because her father is a kind of power of Brahma, mm. the creator one, the creator force. But Shiva, his husband, her husband is a destroyer force. Mm. <laughs> huh. So it's a game. Her father challenges the ugly looking homeless person which is you know with the braids and all he challenges her husband that you have you know you're you're a daughter of a king and you've married a beggar and she cannot uh, you know as a, as a you know very traditional girl she cannot bear the insult of her husband yeah she revolts and after that she commits suicide mm. in fire. Shiva got angry. That I already told her that not to go 
back to her father because mm. her father according to his intuition his powers is going to insult her mm. she's going to not going to bear that and she's going to commit suicide she committed suicide and he took a form of a demonic being called virbhadra mm. he killed his father and all his you know warriors and everything everything everywhere there was bloodshed in you know, himalayas mm. and for centuries it was said that he took the body of his burnt wife and wandered in wilderness in silence <clears throat> then his brother vishnu the preserver he destroyed the body of uh, goddess which was in his arms so that his uh, you know so that his consciousness get distracted mm. you know he burns the body of the goddess the body blasts and wherever her body parts uh, you know gets dropped there is a different temple created over there mm. kamakya devi is a temple where her vagina is her reproductive organ is there mm. and that's a place in assam where the most tantric practices secret practices are done mm. which are not accessible to normal human beings mm. there is a nana devi nana devi nan means eyes where her eyes are kept mm. in you know where it is said that her eyes dropped there is jwalaji where her uh, i believe stomach <coughs> because it is fire it digests and you can feel the heat mm. acid while it digests so that's jwalaji mm. so that's goddess of fire <laughs> where mm. that uh, you know that body part dropped yeah so there are different body parts where dropped in different places in himalayas mm. and uh, that you know people gave different name to them so it's a beautiful thing i have visited till now to hemkund sahib mm-hmm. which i am recommended you if you go to rishikesh you have to go to hemkund sahib mm. beautiful place for trekking 22 kilometers or more and military is always there for assistance because lot of people you know if they are not following the rules they die on glaciers mm. so there are a lot of people even family people with children go there yeah so military people assist them hemkund sahib is there manali is there sadupul shimla chel kali tibba so Now, it's all recorded and you can write it over here as well mm-hmm. i'll give you the numbers as well i will message you the numbers are you on whatsapp mm-hmm. so you can whatsapp me i'll give you the numbers cool i'll talk to different people they are from my colloquial places they'll assist you mm-hmm. there might be some places which i have not visited because they have not recommended me because girl was with me right. my wife yeah we're only uh you know there are tests done before whether you smoke or not right even if you smoke whether are you able to walk a mile or not yeah you know they do a test before sending you to those places so it's okay they have not recommended me to go to those places because of my wife right but i will go go over there once i'm ready you can go there always ladakh lahol spiti but khir ganga is one of the divine places mm. khir ganga means itself 
my wife has created uh, a dish called kheer you can understand after that why why the water of those places is called kheer mm. let me just bring kheer mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a sweet dish you can taste it and you can see why it is called elixir <laughs> cool and the ritual is not yet complete why because this liquid has to be kept for you know one or two days mm. into full moonlight mm. and we have not kept it into full, full moonlight yet and after that it has uh, it is said to be you know contained with medicinal properties nice you know when i saw the pictures mm -hmm. on internet and uh, you know then i was approximately sure then that edward is going to come to india and he's going to surely fall in love with any indian girl <laughs> <laughs> this is called a kind of purest liquid of gods kind of offering that we make to different gods mm. and uh, once it is kept in moonlight it is said that it has got medicinal properties it's really good but the conversation continues <laughs> <laughs> are you going to write a book are you going to what are your plans for the future i was writing a book mm -hmm. it's in my kitty i have kept it in my notes mm -hmm. online and uh, i'm going to complete it and what i have done is that i have related schematic principles the indian principles all the ancient principles and i have told their similarities and what is there in dark what is there not to be afraid of dark yeah yeah and uh, what is there not to be afraid of devil and so called you know lucifer created Satan. image of devil yeah and uh, i have given salutations to my gurus my masters uh just to tell you i don't have any master as of now traditionally but i have gotten diksha diksha means a kind of uh, blessing or kind of ritual which is done so that you can start a chant Mm. that means a guru a master is giving you a chant and he is giving you his power so that you can your chant can be uh, you know 100% potent mm. that's it yeah otherwise i feel according to my experience what i have felt that guru as our masters said in our book that guru is actually here It's actually here. Mm. <laughs> it's it's the soul. It's the sixth and second chakras for those. Yeah, things. exactly. Yeah. It it's it's your own eternal energy. It's the fallen one. What is the fallen one? We are the fallen. We came to here mm. in this material world to die and to face all these pains and everything. We are the fallen ones. Mm. And uh, we have been given this opportunity to live life, rediscover it and then you know claim that welcome to earth this is a place where men and their metal 
is forged into becoming of gods. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 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 <sighs> that's what it is. So that's what my feeling is and that's what uh, you know what all these Luciferian communities and different religions and different uh, uh, terminology mm. has taught me till now. I was when I was in Kathmandu. I was uh, hanging out with a man who was staying in the same hotel as me. He's an older guy, and he's been traveling a long time. He's from Australia, and he is a lover of music. Had thousands of songs, uh, electronica, and then a lot of yoga music. And you know, when he would go off on an errand, he would say, he would give me his iPod and his headphones and say, "Here, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this playlist." And one of his playlists I was listening to, and it sounded really familiar. And I said, is this Amandeep Sodhi? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. You know, and then he says, yeah, I have a few of his, of his songs here. And, uh, and I said, I know this guy. I'm going to be meeting him when I'm in India. I'm going to be interviewing him. And he was very excited and impressed. And he, uh, he wanted me to make sure to, to keep him uh, informed about when you come out with new songs. Yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that. That's weird. That's yeah, weird. yeah. So that, I, I thought that was great. This this random guy in Kathmandu from Australia was playing me your music. <laughs> yeah, uh, even even in those groups uh, that uh, you know, I talk to. At this point of time, I'm um, mostly in contact with Luciferian groups. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there are other groups as well. There is a group called Sorcerers Guild, mm. and uh, he's working. They're very technical people. And he's working on different uh, sigils and uh, sigils of different other communities and stuff like that. And syntax and mechanism, how it works. Yeah. Stuff like that. And uh, he also uh, played my music somewhere during the meditation. And uh, a girl told me that uh, somebody played your music. They, they told <laughs> me that they were playing your music. Nice. I, I felt... Uh, you know, anyways, we are, if even if we are not celebrities like Shah Rukh Khan or, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise or something yeah. like that, <laughs> even then we are making some kind of difference. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. You know, music should be there with us and it's not for popularity, it's, yeah. for, it's for meditation. Yeah. I think these days especially, like it used to be that one person out of a million would get picked and his voice would be on a record, and that record would be printed a hundred thousand times, and you'd hear it everywhere, and they were famous. Yeah. But nowadays, with the internet, with YouTube, with podcasts, with uh, with, with all these things, things that it's just shifting, it's changing. There's still people that really only just watch TV or maybe Netflix, let's say. Yeah. And uh, but then, but at the same time, there's people that are out there kind of seeking and searching, and that. So there's, I guess you could say minor celebrities, but it's more like uh, my dad was was interested in 1990 in the idea of narrow casting, what he called it, instead of broadcasting, it was narrow casting. Okay. Like, uh, so 
at his time, it was his teacher, Andrew DePassano, and, and he had a, a, a TV, he had on public access, you know, there was a, a, a program where he would talk about Tibetan Tantric uh, meditation and Buddhism. And yeah. there was some small portion of the population that was interested in that, that would listen to it, that would pay attention to it, and everybody else, not as interested. So like this episode we're recording right now, there'll be yeah. people I've never met, people I don't know, people I don't know their names that are listening to this. Not only that, but they've been listening to my podcast for a while now and and uh it's a certain it's a certain slim sliver of of the population some people are in iran some people are in china some people are in the u.s or canada or yeah. somewhere in europe or india and uh yeah it's good i mean because it's moving towards something a little bit more natural and organic because i think that the whole idea of one guy up on a stage with thousands of people listening to him is kind of like old-fashioned yeah, and and, and you know the, it's moving toward more of a natural, like uh, sitting around a campfire with eight people, and each person takes a turn telling their story, and that's how the world tradition gets passed on. It's much yeah, more yeah. ancient, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's good. That's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Nice. So, do you have any uh, any music coming up, or or anything you're going to be recording soon, or? Anything you just recorded that's not really out yet? Uh, it's not out yet, but yeah, I have uh, recorded something which is related to nine planets. Mm, interesting. And uh, it is going to be out from Ecstasy Records, mm -hmm. which is a uh, European linked label. Mm -hmm. and I have talked to my music producer, he's going to get it out within two or three months. Nice. Also, we're working on uh, the devotional part, Bhakti, mm. you know? which is totally based upon not rituals not anything just feeling and devotion you know yeah yeah the saint the santamat you know and uh, yeah the, it's kind of sikh gurus and stuff like that so we're gonna come up with that i'm gonna record that but just because of this uh, you know polluted atmosphere and bronchitis yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't put sing. it on hold yeah yeah i just put it on hold but Soon, I'm gonna promote other artists as well. Nice. And uh, like you, you like to travel a lot. Mm. I also like to travel a lot. Uh, I'm not that much rich, but yeah, whenever I travel, I started traveling with my wife. Mm. Before, prior to that, I was traveling, but you know, nearby places. Yeah. But when I try, uh, tried uh, traveling to Himalayas and far places. I started traveling with my wife mm. and it was, you know, uh, you can say when you have a company, a good company to talk to, you tend to enjoy a little more. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Oh, yeah. This trip I just went on with Pew for the past few days to Taj Mahal and everything was just absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, Taj Mahal is one of those things you, you have to see Taj Mahal. I'm really glad I went with Pew, you know, because it, nice. it just made it such a... It makes sense, actually. Divine experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so good. That's nice. nice. There are a lot of people. Uh, there are a lot of places. Himalayas is a different place. It's one of the best places which you can travel. Mm. Safest for any US or UK people who are coming to India, because those people do not tend to loot or plunder anyone. Mm. Himalayas people are much purer than people of the plains right <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's another place Rajasthan the deserts mm. 
those places those are hill ranges hill ranges of himalayas mm. these are the hill ranges of aravalli hills mm. these are called aravalli hills you will find beautiful hidden lakes here which are not discovered by anyone mm. some lakes are here in faridabad as well which i do not dare go because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, some people have told me that people the locals loot and plunder over there yeah, yeah. but the views are beautiful mm. so i do not dare go with my wife right otherwise if you are in a group with some indians you can go anywhere mm. because they are tricky people indian people are tricky <laughs> people. They, they know their trade you know yeah african people know their trade indian people know their trade and their culture and they can pacify their own people yeah yeah and also uh, you know if you do not play with the nature which you do not know then you are safe because uh, i was planning to swim in those lakes but somebody told me that uh, those lakes have got certain internal whirlpools mm. which sucks you in down, yeah and uh, somebody in my company also told me that uh, mm. while going in cab that uh, one of we discovered those lakes earlier when we were in college mm. those are beautiful lakes beautiful views you can have beer you can click the views but you dare not go inside because mm. those lakes have got certain internal tunnels which sucks you in mm. and one of our friends suddenly start calling us that i'm drowning i'm drowning mm. why because he was suddenly stuck inside wow. and um, you know mystery of nature oh. something like that Man. but aravalli hills are beautiful yeah these are in in, in this place these hills gurgaon delhi faridabad whatever hills you see here the mountain area these are all aravalli hills mm. and these extend till rajasthan desert area of rajasthan jaipur and gujarat mm. all are aravalli hills and beautiful lakes hidden lakes which uh, nobody has seen mm. you can find there and uh, i can give you the link of uh, Rajasthan as well mm. where one of my friends nice uh, have got access to forest officers and they can take you to the forest how cool i haven't even planned for that as well i will plan for that mm. <laughs> because i love traveling yeah i have started traveling with my wife itself <laughs> nice i have an austrian friend who's in Rajasthan right now that's nice yeah it's interesting so as you have been with the with society ku ho ho society mm -hmm. yeah what is your uh, thinking about is it similar to voodoo or is it something completely different from that both um uh, well it's ku ho you even though it's spelled like ku ho who um it's it's got traditional african spirituality aka uh, voodoo as its core and foundation um but informed by his years of practice in buddhism um So they study and practice Hermetic Kabbalah, uh, Buddhism, Tenzin Buddhism, and uh, uh, let me see. There's elements of Masonry. Okay. There's a familiarity with Scientology. Um, a lot of the people there used to be involved in Scientology. So I, I, I've I spent a lot of years working with a man who was used to be an auditor. So I found it very uh, Uh, 
what's the word, refreshing to be able to speak in those terms and have everybody know what I'm talking about and be able to speak in those terms as well. Mm. Um, and, uh, but at the core is traditional African spirituality. And so they, they have under the umbrella of the Gnostic Church of the Black Sun Kuhoyu, there's the Order of the Golden Dawn Temple of Tehuti Thoth, which was established while I was there. Um, when I initiated everybody. And uh, then there's the Order of the Temple of Lodraka. Kind of in the spirit of the OTA uh, and the OTO, the Order Ordo Templi Orientis, mm. and then the Ordo Templi Astarte, they've got the Ordo Templi Lodraka. And Lodraka is all of the gods. And okay. so when they say Ho Lodraka, um, Kuho Yu is Ayin Ein Sof, Ein Ein Sof and Ein Sof Or. So Ein being no, no thing, Ein Sof being no limits, and okay. Ein Sof Or being no limits to the light. Um, Ho is no limits. So when they say Ho Lodraka, they're saying the limitless gods. So it's all of the gods in one. Um, but the order, yeah. order of the That's temple... That's the same symbolism as they say Baphomet is. It's some total of four. Right, or even uh, yeah, Baphomet, the the, the the good and the evil, the divine and the and the human, the, the male and female, all in one symbol, um, and so they've got the uh, the hardcore African spirituality path, and then they've got the more Westernized, Europeanized Golden Dawn path, all in the same group. Hagubu. Yeah, it seems like it has a lot of potential. And uh, he also wants it to be not just a spiritual and religious organization, but a brotherhood where uh, people look out for each other career-wise, financially, like the Masons, but uh, with a focus on Africa. So they don't want money leaking out everywhere to the um, U.S. and to, and to uh, Europe like a lot of organizations establish themselves in Africa and people are paying dues and the money's all going to France or the money's all going to England. Oh, okay. So he wants to have an Africa first kind of uh, uh, people looking out for each other business-wise and have it be self-contained so that... Nowadays, everyone, I believe, might be energies like that. Everyone who is getting a little more intellectual they're going back to their own ancestors. <laughs> exactly. A shift of energy is yeah. like that. Yeah, he spent a lot of years learning from Japan, learning from America, learning from Europe, and then in the end said, okay, I'm coming back home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. In the same way, I believe, as you told me once on the previous podcast, that... Freemasonry was all around the Gnosticism of the Bible mm. and uh, what Yeshua actually is, what he actually is, what and you know, he, what he is perceived to be. Yeah, that's Catholicism. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but what he actually is, Gnosticism, mm. and uh, you know, even Bible people are coming back to their own culture. Yeah. Um, there was one guy who's not talking about Satan, but he is talking about... I, I don't know what this subject is all about. Maybe it's, it's about Gnosticism. He is talking about Yaldabaoth. Mm, yeah. He is saying that Satan is just an umbrella term. Mm. The real thing that is devilish 
is yelled about. Mm, the one who pretends to be God. Yeah. yeah. And I have seen, he, according to what he says, he says that I have seen yelled about in core of every religion. Mm. He accuses the wrong person and the right person is sued unnecessarily. Mm. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's probably my friend Robbie. <laughs> He's always going on about that. That uh, the, 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 the angry and jealous God that punishes people for, you know, arbitrary things is yelled about. Yeah. And uh, that, that Yeshua is the true God. Mm. And the other one is the Demiurge. The, demiurge, the Gnostic yeah. Demiurge that pretends to be God and is the authoritarian, uh, more like Zeus or something, like the king of the gods that's, yeah. that's the ultimate authoritarian, masculine, patriarchal you know, person who, who, who takes the position of God yeah. and, and speaks in the name of God, but that ultimately God is beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe related to Chirinzon, uh, uh, Chirinzon in... Uh, in Kabbalah, the the archdemon of Daat, that when you when you get up, when you're moving up the tree and you get to Daat and you're crossing the abyss, there's the last, the last, the highest rise of the of the head of the serpent Leviathan is the one who will claim to be your higher self and appeal to your ego and uh, and and try to keep you from going beyond. And uh, one of my teachers said that the way beyond Chirinzon is uh, the sign of silence. That you just keep moving and you don't you don't respond you don't argue you don't stop to have a debate with this demon you just because the demon is way older than you knows way more has you know knows you inside and out and knows your ancestors and knows yeah. your whole human race and yeah. knows exactly how to manipulate you that the only way beyond is silence yeah. exactly that is why I believe there's one picture of this Alistair Crawley with this sign as well yeah yeah the sign of silence yeah. yeah somebody in luciferian society also told me that uh, you know just progress and be silent about it yeah and uh, who knows if the angels are teaching you or the demons who knows yeah who is the authority all are just books written by humans. Yeah. Who is the authority? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who is the authority? And uh, somebody told me that, as it is written in Bible as well, that there were pre-Adamic races as well, mm -hmm. Nephilims and people beyond Nephilims as well. So they have been people more powerful than us. And uh, now, at certain point, they will try to claim this plant once again mm. it can be a possibility why not mm. because i don't think those uh, energies are dead as symbolically they have shown in many films many hollywood films many you know documentaries and stuff like that even in indian mythology african mythology those things are not dead but yeah. they are with us they will try to claim this planet from the Adamic races, yeah, that we are the original God, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's easy to 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 look at the human race as it is today and see that maybe that's already happening. Like the uh, just the situation we're in, where because of our economic 
balance because because of the flow of money around the world we can't stop burning fossil fuels and so we know we're cooking the planet we know we're speeding up the demise of all life and especially the human race and yet we can't stop why well because there's these numbers going back and forth and people are invested in these numbers and you can't stop it because the only power that exists is is people pulling their money or which at this point kind of the political power yeah with the fiat currency it's not even real value it's just somebody assigned a number somewhere they're not even dollar bills anymore let alone gold it's just numbers you know just like if somebody had a calculator and they were typing numbers on it and that's the reason why we're all fucked like really (laughs) like that sounds demonic it sounds a little bit like uh something from another world messing with us you know like or, or even, uh, you know, like in the book of Job, uh, Shatem or Satan showing God, like, hey, look, you, know, you think the humans are so great? Look how stupid they are. They're going to yeah. destroy their own planet. Yeah. Because why? Because they're comfortable with air conditioning and driving around. And they're used to, you, you know, I mean, all these things. And they don't want anybody to tell them that they can't, you know, do this and that to, to do their one little piece of destroying the world. And since there's 8 billion of them doing it, then the world's going to get destroyed. It's it's strange, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, and like uh, these these other races coming back and uh, and taking over, it, at like what level? Like we can imagine that that it's these big serpentine things that are going to come out of the ground, physically, literally, or it, I mean, but is it literal? Is it metaphorical? Or is it spiritual? Is it something that's going to happen through us, or or something we can fight back? You know, within the human race. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And there have been, you know, um, uh, talks with uh, uh, African people. Um, nowadays, there are a lot of other societies within African people which are Haitian, which are traditional voodoo, mm. which are Kuhohu, or which are Egyptian, Kemetic, or Kushite Empire, or something like that. Mm. And uh, some of them are claiming that uh, they are one of the most ancient what is your uh, you know point of view on that how they think that uh, there have been their ancestors which were known as it is said in bible as well right that they were non adamic races mm. non human races beyond human energies maybe they have uh, certain energies and why not you just see electric eel if a crocodile tries to bite an electric eel she would electrify a crocodile and it would die yeah yeah isn't it a spiritual power it is a kind of spiritual power yeah yeah <laughs> it's a worldly power but it's a spiritual power kind of yeah if some uh, ignorant person will see so can it be possible what is your take on that well i think that uh in recent centuries the last 500, 600 years and further, and then going back further than that. Um, I, I mean, you could take it back to uh, Rome and Carthage. Carthage was on the African side of the Mediterranean, and Rome was on the European side of the Mediterranean, and they were comparable forces. They were two empires that were battling head to head, and Rome was able to overpower Carthage and salted the fields and did everything they could to sabotage the uh, the African Empire to make sure that they never had a problem there again. And then in the two thousand years since then, it's it's been the, you know the ball has been rolling. So there's it, when people are tapping into their ancestral memories. 
there's recent ancestral memories kind of on the lower astral level that are very angry and for good reason, you know, that they've, they've been wronged in huge ways. And okay. so, so I think that there's like multiple answers that if you go far enough back that you find our common ancestor. And if, if, if you meet a mother and a father who have children that are fighting amongst themselves, any mother and father are going to say, oh, I wish they'd stop fighting amongst themselves. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you and I have a common ancestor, and we have a common ancestor with Siddhartha. And, and, and we go you know, all the way back, and, uh, and we find our common ancestor, and that common ancestor surely would want India and Europe and Africa and the U.S. to all work together and get along. Work together, yeah. But if you only go back 400 years or 300 years or 200 years or 50 years or, or 100 years or even just today and you tap into ancestral currents and energies there and, 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 and uh, that are close to this world that haven't transcended up to certain levels that they, 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 they're still kind of stuck in the, in the astral, there's going to be hostility. Yeah. And so sometimes you run into organizations that say, we're the true and most ancient spiritual energy and yeah. we want to, and we completely disregard, you know, American and European imperialism as just pure evil and, uh, and, and, and anything over here in India or Asia is derivative because it all comes from, from here. From or, Africa. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. And, and uh, so there's, there's truth and beauty in it. But there's also recent scars and pains and, uh, and things that aren't, aren't uh, completely in alignment with, with, with love and serenity and with uh, maybe pure objectivity. Um, and, uh, and so, but I don't think that that's wrong or bad. It's there for a reason. So like if, 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 somebody, if somebody cuts me and I have a scar, that scar reminds me yeah. of that incident so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And, and so I wouldn't wish to... To have no scars, I wouldn't wish to say take away all these bad memories because then what? Then I'm vulnerable again. Then yeah. so I could be taken advantage of just like I was before. Yeah. And so I think it's right and good that there be uh, certain skepticism and certain like there was a, a woman I was talking to who I respect greatly, and she was telling me I was telling her that that I have a podcast called What Would Yes You Do, and she was saying, oh yeah, you know if I didn't know you, I wouldn't listen to that podcast because you're a white male. And okay. you're talking about spiritual things, and not only that, you're talking in the name of a Tibetan woman. So why would I listen to a white man who claims to be talking in the name of a Tibetan woman? And I told her, "You're right to think that." You know, I didn't say you're wrong because it's different. You know, <laughs> like, like you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like she, yeah, that's true. History, it's just you know, moving on. That's yeah, yeah, but but I mean, like, given history and given looking at the world as it is, sure, be skeptical about me because I'm a white man. Definitely, mm -hmm. you know, do that. Um, I'm going to continue to do what I'm going to do, and I was given the body and the life that I was given, and the gender. Uh, so I mean, I can't. Like, I mean, I could have a sex change, and you know, or, yeah. or, but I'm not going to. Um, but it's not going to stop me from doing what I think I'm supposed to do in this life, and I'm going to do my best. And if people want to disregard me because I'm a white male, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, because I get it. You know, I, I I know my own history. I know the history of my people. And uh, they've done a lot of shitty things, you know. And so if people want to just say, eh, yeah, I'm not into that, then okay, I get that. Um, so I guess I guess that's my point of view on, on that. Like, I don't, 
I, 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 I don't have any negative, I don't have any ill will toward, uh, toward African spiritual groups that, that, mm-hmm. that say that they're the one true, you know, I mean, any more than anyone else who says they're the one true thing. Um, Even, you know, uh, I, I would uh, uh, like to quote one thing that uh, if once I talk to African groups, they are they used to be uh, the tortured ones mm. once at a time but now they are you know they seem to be much more racist than anyone mm. <laughs> yeah and uh, even they claim that indians come from them and if i talk to the indian people they are so arrogant according to their spirituality mm. that they say that Shiva is the only one mm. rest all fuck off yeah <laughs> you find that in in you know uh, euro centric culture too yeah you'll find people who still say oh well clearly we're the best and we're superior and our, our religion is the best but then you also find in like Los Angeles and and and, and Asheville uh, North Carolina and Austin Texas and all the places where you'd find and northern Europe uh, you find well it's mixed in northern Europe but yeah you find uh, you find people who may Maybe they go to the opposite side and they say, I don't like anything white. Like, I'm interested in everything as long as it's not white. Yeah. Or, or um, you know, or at least they're, they're, they're the, the most, I mean, I would tend to use the word progressive, uh, the most questioning, the most experimental, the most, uh, let's go out on the edge of this. Let's really look at patriarchy and break it apart and break it down and unravel it and, and dismantle it and find a new way of living life. And, and so on the other end of that, and, and, and there's even some arrogance that comes with that, <laughs> like, like the, you know, people who, who are so far to the left uh, politically or, or, you know, uh, uh, spiritually or, or that, they, that they, they assume that that must be the correct way. And yeah. it's like, don't you see you're doing the exact same things that your ancestors did? You know, yeah. like, like you may not be a Puritan. You may call yourself a New Ager. You may not be a Christian. You may be doing yoga, but you're just as narrow-minded and egotistical and, and arrogant as your exactly. ancestors were, you know. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, I mean... Like we were talking about earlier, human nature is human nature. There's there's genuine humility and there's false humility, and yeah. there's there's genuine arrogance, you know. And, and you'll find it everywhere you look. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and and the, and then there's the historical currents and how things got the way they are. And then at the same time, there's there's like levels of education and wealth uh, that all get mixed in together. So there's there's people who who have the luxury. Of having been, you know, having learned all these things, having had all this time and peace of mind, and not being in a war zone, that they can they can spend twenty five years learning every different philosophy, learning every different religion, learning all the history of everything, and then to have this very well developed, informed decision, but having never seen war, having never worked a day in their life, having no scars and having no, you know, no calluses on their fingers, and never having turned a pipe or or, or opened a can of anything. Um, so it's all mixed up, you know, it's all mixed up. I don't even remember what the question was, but <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see how it's, it's it, it, just like in, in 1930s Germany or anywhere else. Um, it's, 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 uh, enticing for anyone 
when someone comes along and says, hey, your people are the best, your race is the best, your skin color is the best, and here's why. Whatever the reason why doesn't even matter at that point. People say, exactly. yeah, yeah, I'm the best, and, and whatever you said was the reason why is why. And I'm angry about it, you know, and, and, and whatever. And it happened in Germany in the 30s, and it might happen in certain parts of Africa today, and it might happen in, in various communities around the world that, that people decide that, that they're the best, and, you know, yeah. And don't compare me to the Nazis, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and then there's the the other, and like I was talking about about liberal West, uh, you know, white people who who grow up with the guilt of the what their ancestors have done will tend to want to say everything Native American is good and spiritual and positive and holy. Everything Indian is good and spiritual and positive and holy. Everything African is good and spiritual and positive and holy. Everything European is evil and 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 colonialism and in, in, imperialism and uh, and arrogance. And that's not true. It's just not true. I mean, because because humanity is humanity, and there's compassion wherever you look, and there's, exactly. there's goodness wherever you look, and there's there's people who are shit wherever you look. And I can quote an example on that because uh, uh, when there was British colonialism over here, mm -hmm. I don't know who said that, but one of the British politicians said that you just change their education. Mm these people are bloody so idiots mm. that they will mess up their own system that's what happened mm. and prior to that there were a lot of idiotic rituals which were happening in india mm. in the name of shiva mm. yeah in the name of shakti and that was sati pratha that means when the husband is dead the wife is gonna jump into a burning furnace yeah yeah they, they have that kind of stuff in Egypt brutal too. it's brutal yeah yeah and uh, they used to do that women did that and they used to be considered as goddess mm. just because they jumped into furnace mm. of their you know burning husband it takes body. a lot to jump into a furnace I mean exactly. that is a courageous act but still it's not a great tradition yeah it's not a good tradition no not at all. No. And there was one more thing which was abolished while British rule. That was untouchables uh, tradition. That uh, there were a lot of people who were from. There are four sects here. Brahman. Brahman are those people who are intellects, who has got the knowledge, like the people of uh, you know you know Bible community. They have the knowledge of Latin, mm. you know, the priests, it, it, yeah. priests yeah. who translates everything yeah. to people. In the same way, uh, Indian people have knowledge of Sanskrit. Those are Brahmins. Mm. They translate everything to the normal people. Mm. It is not necessarily that uh, the gods or anyone who came here translated everything in Sanskrit, but those bloody idiots, yeah. <laughs> they translated everything to Sanskrit so that they have to translate everything to normal man yeah you know so that they have the power something exactly is said by osho mm. and that's why i like him because uh, at least a little bit of rebellion and uh, you know blind faith is not good mm. bhakti is good because you know at least you're not believing in 
a living human who can manipulate you. Mm. All of the gods and everything are dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you believe on that energy, you might, according to the chaos magic principles, you might create an egregore, mm. which is a thought energy which might manifest into reality but that is not a living human being which is going to manifest the reality yeah. into the lies yeah or his grandkid yeah or <laughs> yeah. whatever yeah yes whoever inherits the throne yeah 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 so you know that is why i like osho a lot there are a lot of things which got abolished here in india as well sati pratha which is burning the woman into furnace mm. which is untouchables pratha that means there are a lot of people there are four sects here one is brahman intellectual people vaishya vaishya means business class mm. kshatriya kshatriya means uh, warrior class so the intellectual class who holds the knowledge kind of politicians maybe or the spiritual people second is uh, vaishya business class third is kshatriya warrior class fourth is shudra those people who clean all the dirty you mm. know whatever your sanitary things and you know yeah. stuff like that yeah those are shudras and they used to treat they created four classes and who created four classes no bloody no one is in history is sure of that mm. no one in history is sure of that they think it was the aryans when they came down right aryans yeah aryans yeah. exactly they made themselves the brahmins exactly yeah i've heard about the same yeah. that dravidians or the black indians were the actual indians but the aryans who came here they created the caste system yeah. but still you know no, it's a theory, a theory but nobody is sure of that right. but we are going to consider that as well right because we have heard about that so there might be some kind of truth in that as well yeah so they created the caste system and they created such kind of things but tantra and uh, stuff like yoga stuff like yoga might not be the yoga which is promoted by exactly the main hindus mm. stuff like yoga was promoted by shudras the lower class business class warrior class and the brahmans as well mm. the ways were different but things actually worked and they were powerful and they actually worked you know so all the forecasts i believe came from one source mm. that is why they had got the knowledge and you know due to cultural differences or something like that things transformed into something else mm. but the essence remained the same mm. <laughs> that, that is the thing but even my brother even he says to me that do not mess around with the demonic things mm. smarty pants <laughs> i know the tantra you do not know okay so here where i see a little bit of arrogance mm. and uh, i can see okay i do not condemn you but i have been doing the indian folk i have taken the diksha if you talk about the diksha diksha is a ritual in which you have been granted the power to chant that mantra but i have taken the diksha 
bloody i do not see any difference mm. <laughs> i do not see any difference the only thing is that i talk to other tantra mates it's written in your book that if you chant this mantra 10000 times then you will attain the perfection mm. what is the guarantee what is the guarantee mm. until you have reached the gnosis here have you reached the perfection mm. no i don't think so no i disagree mm. they say and according to them they say no you have you know you have uh, violated your father you have violated shiva and you know things like that mm. that you do not believe in your father and you believe other people and stuff like that but until and unless you have not achieved gnosis how the things are going to get manifested even the law of attraction says that you cannot attract what you think i am thinking continuously about money yeah. why am not a millionaire yeah <laughs> why am not a millionaire yeah, yeah? and uh, i think what is whatever it is said in bible or whatever it is said in bhagavad gita and laws of attraction they say that you do not attract what you think you do attract what you are at this point of time mm. your mind if you have got certain suspicion that i'm an it guy i can do this much of work apart from that apart from this i cannot do this work mm. if my mind knows this how my soul is going to manifest that yeah <laughs> if i'm not believing that then how my soul is going to manifest that mm. that is the reality yeah. that i have seen yeah. in my life and that is what my fight with these indian and other colloquial people all about mm. i always uh, uh, counter question them that okay your tradition my tradition is one of the oldest but what if i'm chanting certain names chanting certain gods but they do not appear mm. are they angry with me <laughs> why why <laughs> i have not given them enough for something mm. you know then you know they answer me that uh, all the rubbish stuff philosophical stuff i question them once again it is written in your book i chant the name of vishnu i chant the name of shiva or whatever ritual it is 10000 times okay i do not have a master then how many times i have to chant this name in order to reach gnosis mm. they say 10000 times okay i have chanted this name chant 10000 times but i haven't reached gnosis will i attain the perfection or siddhi will i attain the power they're not sure about this mm. yeah they're not sure about this yeah <laughs> so that means they are not clear about their own subject yeah yeah and also i counter question them that okay i am into bhakti yoga i am completely into devotion i am into gnosis completely into gnosis still i do not see anything and i do not experience anything else Mm. apart from blissfulness apart from blissfulness in meditation mm. i do not see any gods 
I do not see any bloody demons. I do, <laughs> I do not see anything else. How do you explain that? Why did Buddha see all these idiotic things? <laughs> that means he, he was autistic or something. Yeah, yeah, schizophrenia or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do not have got any answer to these questions. Yeah. So that means, you know, these societies can be ancient, but even the ancient societies haven't got the question answers to the most basic questions yeah we can only you know once we go into meditation i feel once we go into meditation we would be able to understand what rosy crucifixion is all about what golden dawn is trying to tell seven heavens or seven akasha yeah. seven chakras all the same thing you know what they are trying to talk about mm. even if the numbers differ we would be able to relate because we have seen it inside meditation yeah yeah and if we have not seen it we would straightly condemn mm. it is not written in our religion mm. you are devilish <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's what my point of view have reached at this point of time mm. and book is not complete as yet but i'm writing a book with the title the game mm -hmm. the book's name is the game mm. the game play of the primal forces mm. it's all the play, play of primal forces who knows i and you can be the favorite bitch of which ancient god mm. who knows which god is playing through our body who knows and inside meditation maybe inside dreams or in inside our astral body someday we would know that i'm getting these recurring dreams i'm seeing this this face exactly this face mm. maybe he is one of my ancestors he is calling me for some of my duties what are my duties mm. maybe they are not documented in any book any mm. bhagavad gita but that is the truth mm. because you are able to see that yeah and that is what i have reached that is the point that i have reached till now mm. and you know mystery i believe is the path <clears throat> because there was a movie in which uh, there was a concept of demonic possession Mm, possession of Amelia Rose, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was a lawyer who said a very useful thing. Mm. She said that facts leave no room for discussion. If it is a fact, everybody knows sun rises in the east. Mm. There is no room for discussion in that. Mm. <laughs> everybody knows. Yeah. And if there is room for discussion, that means it's not a fact. Yeah. There is room for discussion. We got to discuss it. Yeah. Or we got to clarify all the details whether it's a fact or it's just an ideology. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, once we get into meditation, you talk to other people. And if you are able to relate certain things to other people who you have not met, mm -hmm. whom you have not met, and you have not talked to 
and for the first time you talk to them and your experience are able to relate how come mm. how come that means there has to be some energy working behind you to both mm. maybe your ancestors yeah. are trying to connect you maybe anything else maybe angelic yeah. demonic energy who knows yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows mm. some people say that uh, african energy or african religion we are the originators of americans or we are the originators of uh, indians as well mm. my question is carbon dating states that this is the oldest mummy but carbon dating would not state what we have not found yet who knows my question is who knows yeah who knows what is the who is the original ancestor who mm. knows mm. and till then we keep you know even if you're talking to shiva even if you're talking krishna you're talking to cosmos itself you know and uh, even if you're talking nuit nuit itself is a blue body and blue body it's sky mm. you're worshiping sky you know you're worshiping the energy of sky you're calling universe itself what else who else you're calling yeah and one day your your ancestors calls you or the universe calls you universe is the eternal ancestor and he gives you the knowledge then all bibles all bhagavad gita or all <coughs> sikh or all any other scriptures are wronged yeah eternally yeah foolish yeah <laughs> this is right mm. but you have seen because you have experienced it mm. <laughs> rest all is bloody bullshit yeah in bits and pieces it's right but you know in <coughs> totality st <coughs> paul actually said something very similar um, <laughs> that right now i know in part and but then at that time i will know completely and the partial knowledge will fall away and he says uh right now i think as a child i act as a child i believe as a child but then i will be grown and when when the when you're a grown man the childish things fade away just like our partial knowledge will be washed away once we have that full knowledge exactly exactly yeah. exactly <clears throat> that's a very wise thing to say and uh, <clears throat> the same things are replicated in the so called harry potter movies mm. <laughs> yeah there is subtle knowledge in that Yeah. Subtle knowledge is there. Oh yeah. And uh, you know uh, other movies like this uh, Doctor Strange and stuff mm. like that. Many other the movies Matrix. like that. Yeah. Matrix yeah. Yeah. exactly. I was not able to understand that movie in first go. Mm. On the second and third go I was able to slightly understand that this is the knowledge of Bhagavad Gita. Mm. It's one of the same thing mm. that they're trying to tell. But it's in a little bit advanced in like technological modern. way yeah, yeah yeah some 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 something like that but what if it's correct yeah what what if it's right what if the governments are using us in the same way hmm. and this is right recently uh, i believe uh, there was small uh, nasty event which happened a small 8 year old was raped hmm. and killed that was a muslim girl and the government which is in power in india is bjp and bjp are strictly hindus mm. and they are not 
willing to speak on this Muslim girls rape event mm. because they are strictly Hindus that's a ghastly event but who is who would be able to explain this nasty event oh, who would be who did that what if a Hindu has done that mm. what if a Muslim has done that who would explain this mm. whose religion would explain that right in which religion is written this yeah about to you know rape girls like this mm. <clears throat> this is nasty yeah I believe um, you know there was a story which I was reading maybe a uh, case study which I was reading in which it is it was written that you put a frog in a bowl of water mm. and it's cold start heating that right he would not know that yeah yeah and then and eventually the water is yeah. boiling yeah and once he's boiling he it's would actually late. boil but he would not be able to jump out of it yeah it's too late but if you turn it up too quickly the frog jumps out yeah it's the expression <laughs> boiling the frog so if you want to get people used to something crazy you do it a little bit at a time Mm. Like uh, like right now in the U.S., you know, with the Trump presidency, it's like, here's a little bit of crazy. Here's a little more crazy. Mm. Here's a little more crazy. And then at a certain point, it, you know, you have a, uh, the president's lawyer has been arrested because of a porn star. And so the president's declaring war on Twitter. And people are just sort of like waking up to this in the morning and going, oh, I kind of expected this. As opposed to like, this is insane. <laughs> this is totally insane. <laughs> Stupid, you know, because like, it's happened gradually. Oh, no, what do you think about him and uh, oh, Vince McMahon? I I think they both are friends. Vince McMahon, which Vince one? Vince McMahon of WWF and. Uh, oh, I haven't heard about this. <laughs> Any final thoughts before we wrap up the episode? Hmm. I don't know. You know, we can think of something else. We can wrap up with this, but uh, once we come up with something interesting, we can record it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. After all, uh, I want to make you know one small video for my own channel as well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> There's a small channel of mine which is named by my Shiva. Anadi. Anadi means the one which is beyond anadi means which is beyond the limits of time mm. it doesn't have any starting point anadi mm. anant means which is endless eternity and shiva means a pure energy mm. <laughs> so i have created a channel with the name anadi anant shiva mm. and uh, in that channel i post all my travels to different himalayan places and uh, different interviews with colloquial people nice uh, singing their you know songs and even their songs are not related to romanticism just just romanticism romanticism is just part of you know material life yeah but they sing their songs which are related to you know kind of himachal people they're fantasizing having sex with element air mm. They're fantasizing having sex with fire. Mm. You know, they're fantasizing. You know, 
creating relationship with mother nature something like that something yeah. like that yeah it is very powerful yeah and uh, even bible is all not idiotic because there are a lot of gnostic texts which came out of it even in makkah and medina people start crying mm. when they start praying mm. so there has to be some kind of power in that yeah mm. it's very powerful nice So people can find that YouTube channel by searching for... Yeah. What was it? Anadi Ananta Shiva. Cool. Nice. I'll send you the YouTube channel as well. Cool. And uh, they're just two or three journeys which we have covered. There are a lot more journeys that we want to cover. Yeah. At this point of time, we have pressure of having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I want to make some money and then, you know, so that I can bear the so pressure. So you just had a baby or you're having mm. one? Or? We'll plan a baby. Oh, I see. I see. We'll plan a baby. Nice. Mm. Just want to make a little more from my job and stuff. And then we'll have a baby. Oh, cool. <laughs> Uploading the same kind of uh, journeys and uh, talks with different kind of people. Yeah. On my channel. It's good. Well, thank you for being my guest on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast today. Thank you, Edward. <laughs> Absolutely. Surely it won't be the last time. Yep, exactly. Yeah, we'll do this again. Surely. Once I visit Colorado, I believe. Nice. Or you visit India. <laughs> That's true. Or we meet somewhere else in the world. Yeah, yeah, surely. Thank you, Amandeep, for being our guest today on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. Special thanks to Susumu Ueda and his father and the other monks at Jofuku Inn Temple on Mount Koyasan for providing the music that you're hearing right now, as well as the introduction music. Special thanks to Ma Rewa for the track Indian Ocean, the accompaniment for our new segment, Indian Magic. Special thanks to Piu for informing us about and providing step-by-step -step instructions on warding off the evil eye. We were actually having that conversation up on the roof underneath the pink full moon. And most importantly, thank you to you, the Esoterra nerd listening to this podcast. May the three-eyed one who is fragrant, and who nourishes well all beings, liberates you from death. Until next time. Namaste. <laughs>